0: Bring it in, read Object Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, the Kansas City Chiefs, if you have not heard, are your 2023 Super Bowl champions. Repeat back to back. Patrick Mahomes, the inevitable Patrick Mahomes, does it once again. Uh, really, really awesome game. Particularly the second half into overtime was great. Uh, the Niners played really good football. A um, couple of the weird, fluky things happened that ended up being the biggest difference makers, and we'll get into all that. Uh, it is me and Vito on the pod. No Scotty. Um, seems like he's just he's he's licking his wounds. You know, I mean, I came on and did the podcast the Monday after the Super Bowl last year when the Eagles lost. But, you know, they teach their own. Everyone does it different. I get it. Um, but Scott, he's he's processing. You know, it's a lot. It's a tough loss going to it overtime. Sucks. It's yeah. the worst yeah. thing Scotty as a sports fan. Sure. Yeah. Once he processes, we'll get him. We'll get him in on uh, on Friday's pod and he can he can give us his thoughts. He's just he's in that stage. And I know that stage where you're like, dude, I just want to be fucking sad. And I get it. It's the worst. It's the worst feeling. Um, But we'll get Scotty on soon and he'll uh, he'll do that. You had,
1: because I'm curious, because was it the Seahawks Super Bowl that the Broncos got shit pumped? Yeah. It's only a Super Bowl. I haven't seen the whole thing in NFL. Really? I've watched every single one, except I have never seen that all the way through. Yeah, Wow. So
0: I'm asking that because I'm bringing that up rather, because I'm curious, which was worse, getting curb stomped or like, watching the eagles barely lose last
1: year getting curb stomped by far you think you think that's worse i think because it was so hype it was the first super bowl of like my a lot like my fandom i became yeah. a broncos fan after Elway. so like the crazy thing was that it was like all this hype for 13 years i'm a diehard fan and then you go and like the first play was a fucking safety like we got yeah. our shit pumped so like it was bad but uh i think that was worse the cool thing about last year is i was still it's still the amazing experience of going to a super like there's still a high there and it was such a great week and grant being in it like all that it was well yeah amazing. that's
0: tough too because
1: it's like yeah, yeah it was your, and like your- i wish he if i could pick one of them to win it would be the eagles like if i which says something probably like if i could make one of those losses a win i think that would be more meaningful yeah but like I don't know. You also got to
0: go to the team party and you got to do some really cool shit afterwards. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like,
1: I don't know. I had a great time. I can't lie. Like, it was somber, but it was cool. So uh, definitely uh, the Broncos. I mean, I was in college and I remember, like, getting very drunk and waking up the next morning, like, with a a very bad hangover being like, I don't remember the game and I'm okay with that. Like, seeing the score just being like, no.
0: Yeah, I – it's it's tough because last year's super bowl man was like i any super bowl loss is gonna fucking suck and i remember too like that monday after after brushing off the hangover and kind of waking myself up a little bit like kind of sitting there and like damn that was a good football game and i think i even texted you guys that like on on monday where i was like all right enough times passed like it's been you know i've had time to kind of sit on it i was like What an awesome game. What an awesome season. What a run. Like everything about it was so cool and so special. You know, it just didn't quite work at the end. I think the tough thing is you get the two weeks of buildup that if you have, you get so excited and then you just get absolutely like blown out of the water, then it's just like, all right, well, that that sucks because that's like such a big buildup to just have like a massive letdown. You can't even be like, oh, at least it was a fun game. Which is funny because I feel like most times the losses that you're closer to are the ones that sting more. Yeah, like maybe not for the super. Maybe not for the Super Bowl. Maybe the Super Bowl getting blown out really is worse.
1: Yeah, because like you, you didn't deserve. Like not you didn't deserve to be there, but like you had no opportunity at all to win. Yeah, yeah, you were just out. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, when you're out of it like that, it's sorry. But not no, to bring I, up, not to
0: bring up bad memories. It was just yeah. That, no, that I, question I, I, popped in my head.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say. uh yeah! Shout out to the Chiefs, our longtime listener J.T. Haas, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. I was in Vegas with this guy. He won the Kansas City Super Bowl bet last year. I saw him take the ticket and say, "Put it on the Chiefs again." I remember this
0: year. that story? Oh and my he god! Just
1: hit it. We're going to Vegas in, a, in about a month for our buddy Nick Calcaterra's bachelor party. So shout out for that. But like. <laughs> JT, shout out to you! uh, You know the Chiefs winning your bet win. That's a legendary th- re up on a Super Bowl bet. That that was back cool. to back. And the fact Is he going to do a hit, three though? I told him. I mean, I think this could be the first team to ever three peat. Like they're that good. I mean, yeah. I'm not betting against Mahomes to do that. Like it's incredible. So it would be amazing to see the first three peat in NFL history happen with free agency and everything. And it just comes down to this team and. One other question before—I know we just got off the Eagles, but I did have one question to kind of ask you back. Sure, if yeah. you could flip one of your Eagles Super Bowls from a loss to a win, is it last year or is it when you had Andy Reid and Terrell Owens and like? Don it was la- last year. Okay, last year. Okay, yeah.
0: I mean, I because I was still young on that 0-4 team. I mean, it would have been really cool for Andy to get that one. Yeah, but right? I just I felt like last year's Eagles team was the best team in the league all like all season you know i I thought that that defensive line the offensive line getting kelsey another one um beating mahomes right to say like hey we have one against brady and one against mahomes our two super bowl wins are against arguably the two best quarterbacks to ever live like that would be a really cool like as a one-up thing there um yeah yeah i would i would i would flip last year's especially because the game was so good the 4 super bowl kind of sucked like it was, it was raining. It wasn't raining, but it was like a million degrees and humid in Jacksonville. Donovan McNabb puking on the field. Yeah, to playing bad. on a broken leg, which is still one of the most like badass things of all time. Um, yeah, but Andy Andy deserved one there too. But yeah, I mean, and like look. We said the thing about Kyle Shanahan, right? Like I yeah. I've been comparing the two. And how he reminds me of like, yeah, this is kind of like where Andy was. Now, granted, Kyle Shannon's gotten to two Super Bowls, right? Andy only got to one in Philly before he eventually won. Um, but Andy went to four or five NFC championship games, um, oh. you know, and and just like Kansas or uh, San Francisco has gone to a bunch too. It's um it's fascinating. So it uh, made me think there, if he does, if your buddy, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if JT does want to place bets on Kansas City, you actually get better odds this year than you did – after last year's super bowl last year they were six to one this year they're seven and a half to one wow that's wild you can get plus it's 750 to yeah, yeah but hey if, if plus 750 if you're holding that ticket uh, you know third week in january next year there's four teams left you're like yeah i feel pretty damn good and i'm getting plus 75 and 750 on that like yeah, yeah that's pretty that's pretty it's a pretty good number to have um but yeah i mean look i i think and we can go through and compare all the championships. Obviously, like the big stuff here is the game itself was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to some of the in-game stuff in a little bit. But I, I do want to kind of open the pod with more about like what this Kansas City run is, what this Chiefs team is, looking at the bigger picture of this whole thing. Because as I sat back today and consumed a ton of content, tons of media, listening to the people that I really appreciate and, and what their thoughts were on this game, the the overarching thing that I felt like I walked away with is that this was the year to get after Kansas City. You know, this was the year to do it right. The passing game was not the same. They had Pacheco in the running game wasn't good. Kelsey looks like he's having you know the worst season he's had in the last six or seven years. Basically, the worst season since he's had Mahomes as his quarterback. Uh, no, no guy, wide receiver that you trust the defense, which started off the season, looking amazing trailed off throughout the season. You could run on this team all year. They were 28th in defensive DVOA against the run. Um, I I just continually found myself just like, I mean, how many times did we say it in the regular season? They lose that game to to, the Raiders on Christmas. Right. And we're sitting there like, Oh my God, what the hell's happening to this? Broncos had a chance to win the division. And at some point there. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, they, they lost to the Broncos. They lost that game to the Eagles. I mean, they had so many weird games that you're like, this just doesn't feel like the same Kansas City team. And yet, when it came to matter the most in the biggest moment, like it was here, right? And building rosters, he's the, f- I saw a stat that Mahomes is the first quarterback uh, to have the, or first player to win a Super Bowl while also having the highest cap hit in the NFL, right? That's the thing we talked wow. about with with Brady all the time. Right. It was like, well, Brady always took discounts on his contract because he wanted to have his team around him. It's like Mahomes got his bag. Mahomes got paid. But when you have that guy, you have 15 over there, he is inevitable. And I felt like this game was such a great like microcosm of what the Chiefs have turned into, which is that they know how to build teams because they have the two best building blocks that a team can have in the NFL. And that is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Right. If you have those two guys you can you can figure out the rest because you know Mahomes is just going to be good enough to get you what you need to win the football game, you know? And when we get into the game, we talk about the missed extra point. A lot of people said like, oh, that missed extra point was huge, right? Because then it turns into, a, you know, you need a touchdown or a field goal. I, I trust Mahomes. If Mahomes needed a touchdown to take the lead in the Super Bowl, they would have gotten a touchdown. They would have found a way to do that, you know? But instead... We're sitting here and 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 we're arguing that one point. Mahomes is just that good. Like they got what they needed, which is they needed three points to tie that game, right? And from there on out, it just it's it's inevitable. Like that's the word that I've heard a lot used, um, when it comes to what this team is and what Mahomes is and, and the brilliance of what they're able to do, despite the fact that they have, you know the highest paid player in the NFL. And they have a guy who's going to take the biggest cap hit, you know, for the next 10 years as he continues on this career, but that's what Tom Brady did. Right. And that's what Belichick did, which was like, you had the two, the two things you needed were Belichick and Brady. Everything else, we could figure out ways to do it, right? If we were going to do it with Corey Dillon running the football and Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis and Rodney Harrison playing sick defense, and they were going to find ways to win it that way. If they were going to win it with Randy Moss, which I know they never did win it with Randy Moss, but, you know, if they could win a lot of games, be in Super Bowls with guys like that, if they had a good offensive line, a bad offensive line, they lose in the Super Bowl to the Eagles where, you know, Brady throws for 500 yards. And then the next year, You know, and it's the one I think the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time, only then for the next year to have follow up. And it's a 13 to three Super Bowl and the defense ends up carrying the way. Right. But the important thing was that you have the two things that you need to really continually build a championship contender for the next decade. And and that is Andy Reid. And of course,
1: like the bigger one is Mahomes, because Mahomes is just that freaking good. I, I said it last year. I'll say it again. He's, yeah, he's the best football player I've ever seen with my own eyes. He's the best probably athlete I've ever seen with my own eyes. Like the dude, he moves differently. And, and like you said, we'll get into some of the game and why that mattered. Like why that, like when people say, Oh, he's the best. And because he can do this, it's like, okay, that's nice. But like, you know, Josh Allen's is the strongest arm. It's not like he wins every game because of it. It's like, no, the Mahomes skills translate to wins a lot because it's, getting third down conversions when you need. And he just seems to be clutch as well with all of this stuff on top of it. He's just clutch. Yeah. Like you don't get this far this many times in a row without having just some kind of edge to you that like not a lot of other people do. And we're talking about NFL athletes like these. It's crazy. Everyone has that. Right. So it's just like, he's, he's the alpha of alphas. It's, it's just different, man.
0: And what's amazing, there was a great quote. And I think I heard Mike Golick Jr. say this or, or somebody said it, but it was a quote from somebody in the organization. Or no, it was Kevin Clark from ESPN. Um, and it was the uh, the GM for Kansas City was talking about Mahomes. And it's like, everyone talks about Mahomes and how incredible it is when he's Superman, right? Because it feels like that. It's like, holy crap, he's Superman. What makes Mahomes incredible more often than not is when he's Clark Kent, not when he's Superman. It's the every it's the everyday mundane things, the correct decisions, the correct reads, the not turn the ball over, like right? making good mistakes. And then when he needs to be Superman, right, in the in the fourth quarter drive to go down to go kick the field goal and the overtime drive to go. I mean, he took a couple of nasty hits running the football in yeah. that game, right? And he still found ways to go break through, pick up big time yards when he needed to. He was unbelievable when he needed to be but he also just is so fucking steady in the boring shit that it takes to be a really good nfl quarterback the stuff that isn't the no look sidearm behind the back left-handed throw stuff that we see him do that is mesmerizing it's the mundane the boring shit the check downs the, the i mean when he came into the league you know there were stories about how he struggled to identify mike linebackers because he never had to do that at texas tech but that infrastructure that Kansas City built around him, right? That year with Alex Smith, where he's sitting behind Alex Smith, something that mm-hmm. I didn't realize was, um, and I, I heard this today, was like Andy Reid, they had Andy Reid, enemy, and I think Matt Nagy all on that staff. And Mike Kafka, who's the offensive coordinator for the Giants and is a very, very good offensive mind in the NFL, was the quarterback's coach. And he didn't work with Alex Smith or those other guys. I'm sure he did a little bit, but his main job responsibility that entire year was just work with Patrick Mahomes. He had his own private NFL coach that was like, we're going to teach you how to do this. And then next year when you come in, you're going to, you're going to be ready for it. Right. Which is so much of it's like, Oh, you're going to learn in the QB rooms and you take little tidbits and you're not going to get the reps of practice, but you're going to find things. He was able to do all that because he, they built the infrastructure. They built that organization in a way to maximize the potential that this dude had coming in. And the thing that always that no one ever talks about with Mahomes too, again, the boring shit, he is so freaking smart pre-snap. He is such a smart cerebral quarterback. His ability to read defenses, to go through his reads, to go to the back end of reads when things break down, like He knows where people are at all times and the chemistry stuff, the one-on-one stuff with him and Kelsey, like that's unique, right? That's something Mm -hmm. that we've rarely seen in the NFL. You see it with a handful of all-time greats, like, you know, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison had a little bit of that, right? Peyton always knew where Marvin Harrison was going to be. I think you could say Brady with both Edelman and Gronk had that kind of chemistry, but they, I mean, they're already up there as like one of the greatest quarterback pass catching duos of all time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're the, they're the be- most prolific in the playoffs. They you can just tell by the way they worked, even in this game, in a couple of key situations. Listen, I I think when we talk about this game and what the Chiefs did, we'll hit the offense and and we'll hit that, but this defense to me, and hold doing what they did to San Fran, uh, and flip side even like both these defenses. I mean, at one point halftime it was a ten to three game. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's why at one point can't, I I heard this stat. Kansas City and their last three Super Bowl wins were down by 10 points in each. That's yeah. ridiculous. 10 points so apart. Like, so I think they were yeah. down 14 in the Eagles. Last yeah. Year. So it double digits in every Super Bowl and they've won all of like that's, that's just wild on uh, the last three wins I said. But yeah, th- that team and what they've been able to do defensively um, was surprising to me. And I thought that like, um, you know, we talked about the Niners defense and what they needed to do and they did like, you know they end up getting some pressure like we saw all those all those guys we listed off uh last week uh getting ready for the pod or getting ready for the super bowl on the pod we said all all these names they signed hargraves uh chase young obviously bosa um there were uh, there's a bunch of guys that were getting in there it was awesome to see i mean jr brown was all over the place um they, they ready gregory popped up and had his best yeah. game as a yeah yep that was wild to see um yeah. Drake. like i, I forgot that he... he was
0: even on the team still like i remember when they traded for him mid-season
1: yeah and i was, he was like the broncos start of this year and i was like that's that was weird i didn't see yeah. his name since yeah uh but doing you know that that was an impressive side of the ball but then this this chief's defense I, yeah. I think this is where like what justin reed was able to even do um some of their blitz like like i think that was mcduffie coming in off the side when he pressured mahomes on that it like, was or, uh, pressured Purdy on that third down. Yeah. And overtime, like that was a great blitz. Cause, cause we talk about, listen, the best left tackle in football probably missed that. He went yeah. and blocked the outside. He didn't see the blitz coming. Like, you're, you're not just fooling a good quarterback, a good system. You're fooling probably the best left tackle in football. So, like, hats off to these, this Chiefs defense and some of the plays they made.
0: Well, and, and Spags, and you're totally right. Cause I wanna, yeah. I, as much as we're gonna talk about Mahomes, the defense deserves it just as much credit right because the way i the way i think about this game was like mahomes was always going to get enough to put them in a chance to win the game right yeah if they, and, and that's the thing it's last year the defense struggled against philly right the eagles were able to move the football put up a lot of points in that game Mahomes said, all right, fine. Then I am Then I got to go sco- score 40, and we're going to find a way to go score 40, right? right? In this game, it was, hey, the defense is balling out, but you know, San Francisco's got a great defensive game plan. The D-line was eating Kansas City's lunch at the line of scrimmage in that first half, and so he knew in his head, all right, I have to get to a number. I have to get just enough for us because our defense is going to keep us in this game, and it was the defense who balled out, and Mahomes, who was just ultimately, and again, I keep using that word, inevitable. It's just, he was always going to get to that number, whatever it was. And and there are other timelines and other universes where San Francisco wins this game, right? Because it, it really was. They had they had plenty of opportunities to win this game. But the, the biggest difference maker is just, is that dude 15, right? Because he will give you exactly what you need to win the football game. If that is, hey, we need one touchdown in and in a seven to three game, I'm going to give that to you in a fucking Super Bowl. If you need 45, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get you 45.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and that is what this, this dynamic has been. But Kansas City's defense was unbelievable yesterday. That pressure that you're talking about with McDuffie, interesting breakdown on that. Brock Purdy was like the number one quarterback in the NFL against uh, defensive back blitzes. And Trent McDuffie is also the number one cornerback or defensive back, uh, in turn, there was a, a statistic. I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it was phrased. I don't have it up in front of me, but it was like uh, the amount of times that a, a defensive back blitzes on a design blitz that impacts the play in either a sack or a batted down pass or an incompletion or something like that. Um, Trent McDuffie had 13 of them this year, which was five more than the next player. Wow. Trent McDuffie is just really,
1: really good at defense, man. And and, yeah, and the guy to call it too, like incredible. And yes, like Trent Williams missed the block, but that also
0: wasn't Trent Williams' responsibility. The pre-snap read is on Brock. And Brock has been really, really good at that all year. Again, he's been the number one quarterback in the NFL against defensive back blitzing right? So they disguised that. And I think it was me Kimes who was talking about that play in particular, they disguised that blitz so well in that, in that moment that it fooled mm-hmm. Brock, it fooled Trent Williams. He couldn't even like shuffle or try yeah. to get a hand on him and try to do something, which he's talented enough to be able to do. And he still was able to, in the biggest point and biggest moment of the game, come up with a massive, massive play. And uh, what was interesting too is Leading up to the Super Bowl, I watched a video. Ironically, I Mina mean, Kimes again. She was interviewing Miles Garrett, and remember, uh, Cleveland beat San Francisco uh, earlier in the season on the missed kick right, and that was the game when everybody got hurt, and Debo got hurt, and Trent Williams got hurt. Yeah. And um, you know, they were talking about like, hey, like, what is the best way to stop this San Francisco offense? Like, what is Kansas City going to have to do to stop this San Francisco offense? And Miles Garrett said the most important thing is not edge pressure it's interior pressure he's like the defensive tackles will be the most important players on of that defense for kansas city he's like because when you force Purdy to to step out of his pocket right he's a little guy he's like we trained that whole week before they played them cleveland played san francisco miles garrett saying about how we practice batting down balls we studied the arm angles we started studied this stuff and we bided down i think like three or four balls in that game against brock purdy and if you noticed who the biggest game record for both sides was chris jones which like is not a shock because chris jones is fucking incredible but chris right. jones especially in that second half and in overtime like was so fucking disruptive like just wherever he wanted to get after him he was able to now the other most important part is then the outside court the quarterback play right and McDuffie, first team All-Pro, um, first or second team All-Pro, but they – they I didn't think we actually talked about this. They listed n- nickel corner as a different category on the All-Pro ballot this year. Mm. So Trent McDuffie was – made the All-Pro team yeah. um, as a nickel cornerback. That pass breakup he had in the first half while covering Debo – that was oh
1: nice God. arm around the, the the right arm to go up and back and swat. Yep, it was incredible. And his his left hand is in like the, they always teach you when you play. It's like
0: you want the back of your hand on the on the inside hip, right? When you're running downfield, because that's how you can track the ball, your head up. You're tracking the ball, but you can feel him there. It was as textbook and Debo's hand fighting with him, hand fight. They're hand fighting each other. And his fans just going back to the hit, back to the hip, back to the hip. balls up in the air. He skies up, knocks it away. Um, I mean it was just unbelievable, unbelievable play. It, it really, yeah. really was. I was I I was so impressed. Legarius Sneed, like again, he was a pro bowler, all pro guy. Trent McDuffie, all pro guy. Justin Reed was really good. I mean, Kittle had, I think, what, two catches in this game. Um, they they really did a good job of icing out Kittle, uh, which is hard to do. I mean, Kittle always has games like that. Um, yeah, two catches for four yards. Now, one of them was a huge fourth down pickup that they the uh, mm-hmm. the Niners went for and got. But Kittle, like, if you eliminate Kittle and basically, you know, like, all right, from a, like, Ayuk had three for 49, Debo had three for 33. John Jennings ended up being the best wide receiver for them. And then, of course, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, eight for 80. He had the one touchdown. Um, really fun design play there. But, I mean, outside of that, the opening drive, where it felt like San Francisco was going to go down and score points, I thought right? they were going like, to get seven. And then McCaffrey fumbles.
1: Yeah, that was huge.
0: They marched. The opening script was perfect. That fumble was massive. Absolutely oh, yeah. massive for Kansas City. Even though they went three and out back, it just stopped all the momentum. Because then Kansas City went and they they got a stop, right? And then that first quarter ended 0-0. I'm like, holy shit. Like This is not what any of us were expecting. We thought there'd, there'd be at least some offense here. It took a while for both offenses to get going. Um, and then this is the other thing is like we're talking about the bigger picture stuff here and like the overall thoughts from Kansas City's win. And we'll get into the more specifics in the game and, and San Francisco. But what Mahomes does better than anyone else, I think I've ever seen and not named Tom Brady. If you give him the ball before the half, he's getting you points, like no matter what. Yeah, like, Kansas no, I mean, no, I
1: think that I think to your point, like when they had that Travis Kelsey. Running in front of uh Tyreek, and they had you know, that 11 second dump off. So, like, this team, I think to your point, it's a combination of that coach, that quarterback, those that team they're ready. That they are awesome, man. They scored the field goal 20 seconds left in yeah. that first half, and that made a difference, right? Without just, that, they're not going overtime. So, yeah. like, yeah, but also just to for them to feel like, hey, we can move the football. Right.
0: Like, I think psychologically, it's like any points. No, no points. They they were able to move the ball a little bit. But I mean, in the first half, they were not moving the ball consistently. They weren't finding opportunity. They weren't connecting on big plays. Right. And then uh, all of a sudden, two minute drive. Here's your opportunity. They go down and and they make something of it. Right. They go down. They get those points just for their own head to be like, you know what? Like, okay, no, I'm like, we're good. We're good. We can go in. We know our offense. We know these things are going to be in there. Um, and Kansas City did something here in this game, too, that very few teams do as well, which was the adjusting, right? The whole first half, Kansas City's running these bubble screens outside and thinking, hey, let's get our ball in our receiver's hands, you know, get them up and moving. The offense looked a little disjointed. They weren't running the ball well. Pacheco um, had a, a pretty stru- – Pacheco struggled. 18 carries for 59 yards. Um, yeah, not was, good. No, and I think of those 18 carries, I think 14 of them were in between the tackles. So they were trying, but credit to San Francisco's D-line, where they were making life hard, right? They were like, yeah, you're not running the ball up the middle on us. And Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw were playing great until the Greenlaw injury, which, you know, we'll we'll get to that, because that that was a huge bummer and obviously was a huge impact on the way that the game ended up playing out. Not having that dude on your team out on the field during the Super Bowl was was devastating, Um, but I just – Kansas City just finds ways to do it, right? They they they're running this offense and whatever they thought going in was gonna work, it didn't. It didn't work, right? So all of a sudden they connect in the second half, I think it was the deep ball to McCall Hardman. Was that the was that the beginning of the second half or was that in the first half?
1: Oh, um oh,
0: man. I think it was in the second half because it was the yeah, I think it was the drive that they ended yeah, up scoring the touchdown on, right? The, first yeah, half. the one in the third quarter where they end up throwing the ball to um Uh, What's his face? They threw the ball to MVS for the touchdown. I think it was on that drive. Yeah, it was was the the third quarter. Um, Yeah, the McColl Hardman deep ball, right? Taking the shots. And you saw everyone talked about, you know, the uh, Travis Kelsey getting in Andy Reid's face and bumping into him. And Andy almost fell over. I was like, poor, poor Andy (laughs) Reid. He just had hip surgery. And now you got this ogre screaming at your face. Um, But I just... They they completely changed the way they, you know, that it wasn't working. Sorry, right, so we're gonna figure out something else that is. And then it works, right? That only yeah. happens because of those two guys, right? That happens because of Andy Reid and Mahomes. Like, yeah, right. So yes, all the other the guys need to make catches and they got to hold on to the ball and stuff, all that. But like they start running these quick slants, like on the final drive when when they needed it most. You know, hit Rasheed Rice on back-to-back screens or slants, right? Get him the ball in space. They had the third and six, where they had Rasheed Rice going on the drag across the middle of the field. He catches the ball, turns the corner, breaks up for a huge first down. Um, and that was the same series too, where uh, or the same set of downs actually, where they threw the ball to MVS and he, what should have been like a six or seven yard pickup, turned into like a five yard loss. And now they're sitting yeah, there in second ran back and fifteen. And reestablished
1: himself. That was crazy.
0: Right. And then it's like, all right, they went back next play to get the third and six and then huge play in the biggest moments. And Mahomes just always fucking comes through. But they don't have the defense there. Right. And and the one thing that you could say about like the Patriots dynasty and the whole run that they had was you had Tom, especially once Tom became, you know, full on Brady, not just like early career Tom Brady. But you had Belichick, and you, Belichick's like, he he's like, I got this. I know my roster. I know, what, I know what my team needs. Nobody knew what their team needed better than Bill Belichick. He always knew the one piece, that one thing that they needed, even if they weren't the most talented team. Hey, this one kind of piece, we need a guy like this. We need this position and this kind of guy to fill it, and it's going to work out. And Kansas City has gotten to that point now. I mean, you look at the guys who are making big-time plays, right? George Karloftis. Trent McDuffie, two guys who have turned into studs who were both back end of the first round draft picks. Nick Bolton, who was phenomenal in the in run defense in this game. Like, McCaffrey struggled to run the football on the ground. This is a defense that couldn't stop anybody on the ground. And all of a sudden, they looked like one of the best run defenses in the NFL
1: in this game by doing well, exactly and,
0: what San Francisco did, which was tackle.
1: And that's where I want to hit, too. In that third quarter, you're talking about, the you know, the Kansas City Chiefs touchdown drive, which really is, like, the difference in the camp. But they go on that drive in the third quarter. But at the same time, that defense for the chiefs held the Niners to three straight three and outs in that third quarter. That was massive just to have like, Hey, we're just going to give our offense the ball a lot right now. And we're going to do some stuff with it. And by the way, of those nine plays, eight of them were passes in that third quarter. They weren't even trying to run the ball at one point because either they had given up on it. It wasn't working. I get it, but like, right. They went away from it. And, and, uh, like, that was a whole defining moment. That third quarter really, right, was was a 10-0 quarter. That was the most lopsided quarter in the game. And you could say, like, point at that and be like, yeah, that's really – that's where the game was lost. And to your point, right, Kansas City got that little bit of momentum right before half. They come out. But well, then even Mahomes the first play does. from scrimmage.
0: Remember the first play from scrimmage in the second – and that the opening drive for Kansas City was terrible. Uh, Pacheco drops the pitch, and they end up losing, like, six yards in the first play at at – after the half, and you're like, yeah. dude, like what are you doing? Like, you just had halftime. You had this long extended break. You come back, you're fresh, you're ready to go. You guys know how to do this. San Francisco, yeah, they had a couple of guys who played in the Super Bowl before, but like this is Purdy's first time doing it, and they're not out there making these mistakes. Um, McCaffrey's fumble in the first half was just a really, really good play. Um, Mahomes' interception was a bad interception. But other than that, like it was overwhelmingly a pretty clean football game. But I just, I keep imagining like how this Kansas, like I keep in my head, I'm like, they're playing NFL, like how people who are really good at franchise mode and Madden do it. Right. You're like, Oh, I need this one cornerback to really fill out my roster here. And then I'm going to be set. Right. And like, that's how they build it because they have the cornerstone. They have the thing. And if you have him, it's so much easier to build everything else around it because you only need to really fill what your team needs to get him enough support. That's all you need, right? He he raises your floor so high because of how good Mahomes is that you say, all right, well, we're not paying Tyreek Hill. We're going to let him go. That was a huge thing two years ago when he left. And everyone's like, how can you not pay Tyreek Hill? They said, because we're paying Mahomes, you know? And like we have Kelsey on, on the contract. You just won two Super Bowls after you let him go. So yeah, it worked out. right? I mean, think about that. It's, in the two seasons without Tyreek Hill, they've won back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean <laughs> – but that is all because they knew they had to invest on in the defensive side of the football. They knew they had to invest draft capital. They had to invest money, getting bringing in guys like LeJarius Sneed, bringing in guys like uh, Justin Reed, right? And the thing is, too, is Lajarius Sneed, I think, was on San Francisco before he was on Kansas City, uh, if I have that correct. I know he played on another team before that, but he wasn't like an, an all-pro guy. He became an all-pro guy when he went to Kansas City. Right. McDuffie is a rookie late round draft or late first round draft pick. They turn him into an all pro there. Right. And. Uh, he was drafted to the chiefs. Oh, was he? Oh yeah. Uh, Homegrown um, talent. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of Trevarius Ward because he was on Kansas city and then went to San Francisco. Yes. yes Legerian. Yes. Leger- yeah. <laughs> Sneed. Their first names are, are similar enough that that's where I had that backwards. Um, but again, both guys, then that still proves the point of that. Both of those guys got brought into the organization, and then Steve Spagnola coached those guys into being all pros. You know, like within two years of being in the league, Trent McDuffie is already a top five, top 10 cornerback in the NFL. You know, Lajarius yes. Sneed was an all pro guy this year. Juan Thornhill, awesome, awesome guy into having that secondary at the safety spot. They remember, you know, when they had Tyron Matthew right? Yep. And um, th- that whole run, like replacing him and finding guys to come in. But that was all about Steve Spagnolo. And the same, the reason I brought up New England was like, Bill always knew what he needed to, to get the defense good enough, right? To, be, to get the team balanced enough. Andy Reid knows how to do that better than anybody, right? Currently in the NFL. And to have a defensive coordinator like Steve Spagnolo, who you can just say, hey, this is your defense. Like, Andy's not touching your defense. He's not going to be anywhere near it. He's like, that's, this is your thing, man. Go be the mad scientist in the lab, cooking up these crazy exotic blitzes and, and bringing the house. I mean, they blitzed the shit out of Brock Purdy and you felt it. I mean, Brock Purdy didn't look comfortable the entire game. I'll say this. I think Brock Purdy played pretty damn well. I was very impressed with the way Brock Purdy played in this game. It wasn't like unbelievable, but the reason I'm so impressed by it is because of the amount of pressure that they were sending at him. He was getting blitzed left and right constantly and yet was oh, yeah. just sitting in the pocket scrambling around finding ways to get and he made a couple of really really nice throws but ultimately like the thing that Andy Reid needed to get over the hump is the same thing that Kyle Shanahan needs, right? Andy Reid was had Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and you know had, had had a bunch of really good quarterbacks throughout his time in Philadelphia, guys who were Pro Bowlers, guys who were All Pro guys. You know he had unbelievable wide receiver talent in guys like T.O. and Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. He had all these guys for a long time. LaShawn McCoy, he never had th- that guy. You know he never had like and and for the record, you don't need to have arguably the best quarterback of all time to have a that guy. You need a, a Josh Allen. You, you know, you need a guy who's in that ballpark and you can go out and win a Super Bowl. And Andy Reid needed that. And Kyle Shanahan, the one thing he's never had in his career is a true guy at quarterback, a true game changer at the position. And Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback. I, I've given him flowers all year. He's not a game changer. He's not elevating you to a whole nother level. We've seen glimpses like the scrambles against Detroit in the NFC Championship game where like those were big time plays. Right. But it's not what Mahomes or Allen or even like what Jalen Hurts was able to do last year. Right. It's it's not to that up tier. And I think if Shanahan eventually gets to a point where he has a guy like that, a that guy at quarterback, then that might be the thing that gets him over the hump because Andy Reid, it, it, we're going to talk about Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time now. I think he was in the kind of in the conversation before but now three Super Bowls if he coaches I think for five more years and they average 12 wins over the next five years he will break the all-time wins record. So that's very feasible for Andy Reid to be able to do that and as long as Patrick Mahomes is still playing for five years and yeah. Andy Reid's still alive and still coaching like it feels like he's going to be able to continue to to build off of that and you can be an awesome coach. And not get those Super Bowl moments because there's only so much you can do as a coach. You do need a guy who is at that next level to get you there. Like there is no Belichick without Brady. There is no like Andy Reid in this era without Mahomes. Andy Reed was the guy who was always so close to getting there, but could never get over the hump because of clock management or timeout management and all these little things that he wasn't good at. Mahomes erases that stuff, just like Brady erased the stuff that was wrong with Belichick. You need someone like that to be the counterpart. We saw it with San Francisco or with Los Angeles and Stafford and, and Sean McVay, right? Like the difference that that made, which not to say that Jared Goff couldn't have potentially done it at some point, you know, he still could, but Stafford was on another level and spoke the same language and was on the same wavelength as McVay. And you kind of need that to, if you're going to be like a long standing team, you might be able to get one. You're definitely can go out and get one. But if you're gonna be a team and San Francisco obviously has all the talent to be able to be a perennial contender, like Shanahan needs that guy. And
1: I maybe Brock Purdy is it. Maybe he turns into that, you know. But yeah, I don't I I didn't see anything like Brock Purdy didn't lose this game, obviously. No. And and I thought he played pretty well. I thought he ran the offense very well. His timing was pretty good when the Chiefs were even up in his face. But to me, like again, if I'm looking at anything, I'm looking at how they kind of know they found a way to get McCaffrey the ball in 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 the air which is good because they had to check down and get it out quick and they they did a lot of that but you know the touchdown play that was sick like they they had a couple cool plays um but I just thought that I expected more from that side of the ball like I think when you hold Mahomes to what they did yeah right because and I'm sorry I'm, I'm uh you guys know how it is. You got all the tabs open. We're talking about all this stuff. But the one thing I'm trying to pull up here is like, what did, yeah. So what did they have at the end of the fourth quarter? Because the Chiefs scored the touchdown. Hold on one sec. Like the overtime throws it off. And then obviously the end. So yeah, like, I guess it was 19 to 19 at the end of the th- fourth quarter. So yeah, it was actually 16 to 16. Right. And I remember I was texting my dad. He's a Niners fan. And I was just said, Man, I really just think both these teams are gonna score, then we're gonna end up in OT. And yeah, like that's exactly what we ended what ended up happening there. Um now I don't know. I definitely think that um, you know, it's just it's a little different, you could say, with how that all went down uh at the end of the game because yeah, it was a low-scoring game, but that's what I expected more of San Francisco as an offense. Like, not Brock Purdy. I expected more of the offense. Like, he was on time. He did his job um, up front. They weren't as impressive. Like, we thought that they were going to be able to bully, uh, lace a little bit on the Chiefs' side, like, on the off-tackle or something, and they couldn't get it going. And, and that's really been their bread and butter. They weren't able to do play action. They went to straight drop back, and, like, that's not what – I guarantee you that's not run that much in practice, right? Like, that's not what they want to do. So yeah. – that whole entire scheme of what they had to do in the third quarter, I bet you they thought they were adjusting, but they actually probably just sort of stuck with what they were doing in the first half and they were up. Right. And, and I get it. You, you're you always going to want to try and get the edge, but it seemed like going away in that third quarter, you know, they, they really come back. Hey, this goes to overtime. We haven't even hit that yet, but like, you know, the magic at the end of the game the field goals back and forth it was special and it was one of those things where it's like man are we really going to get extra time in the fucking super bowl this is awesome like just as a fan that was so cool just being like yeah, yeah. don't let football end i don't want football to fucking yeah, end don't let go. football end let's keep it going <laughs> yeah first
0: overtime in the super bowl since the 28 to 3 game um also a little bit of cleanup here the deep ball to uh hardman was in the first half that was a drive that they fumbled on the goal line when pacheco oh. fumbled on the goal line because that was really the only time before the field goal that it, in the first half that it felt like Kansas City's offense was starting to get momentum. Um, I was going to say, in my head, I was like, I swear that was the first half, but I don't remember. And I forgot that Pacheco fumbled the ball um, when they were it was like first and goal from like the nine-yard line. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, look, the last five drives of this game, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, then goes to overtime. And then you add the two drives of, of overtime, field goal, touchdown. I mean the ending of this game was absolutely absolutely electric. Um before we take a break and then we'll come back and then we'll go through all the ins and outs of the games, the gambling stuff, any prop bet stuff, general Super Bowl talk. Couple of like guess I, I I normally don't like doing the hyperbolic like is Tom Br-, you know is is Mahomes now the goat, you know, up next, don't get up, you know, stick around. Like <laughs> I don't like doing those kinds of questions, but after the Super Bowl I do enjoy kind of looking at the big picture thing here and uh I saw an awesome stat actually going into the Super Bowl that was that if Mahomes won the Super Bowl, if Kansas City won and and the the Chiefs won, Mahomes would be the first NFL player and only the seventh player in pro-American sports history to have three championships and two MVPs in his first seven seasons. So he is the first NFL player to ever do that. And the fucked up thing is that he didn't even play his first season. So really, he's done that in six seasons. He's gone to five Super Bowls or four Super four Super Bowls, four, four Super Bowls in five years. He's gone to six AFC championship games. He is four and two in AFC championship games. He is already the all time leading rusher from the quarterback position in postseason history which is a fast crazy fucking stat like steve yeah. young you think about some of the great like elway any of those guys who were physical you know but he is the all-time leading rusher from the quarterback position in nfl history uh in the postseason um i mean and the, the look the list can go on and on and forever and ever but the thing about quarterbacks is that typically At 28 years old, that's typically when quarterbacks enter their prime, right? Because they still have the physical tools, but they can also, the mental side of it catches up, right? The thing that always weighted Brady in the GOAT conversation above everyone else was like, Brady had like three different Hall of Fame careers, right? He had had the, the three Super Bowl run in the first, you know, part of his career. He had the Randy Moss, Wes Walker era where they didn't get any Super Bowls, but he put up a million fucking yards. And then he had the back end of his career. That ended with you know the Seattle Seahawks touchdown the uh, the Malcolm Butler Seahawks Super Bowl the Rams yeah. Super Bowl the 500 yards against the Eagles Super Bowl that they lost and then the Tampa Bay Super Bowl right right that was always the thing because he got the three early and that's always he got super the three really rare. early
1: yeah and, and also to your point the difference and I, I like this comparison because you're right it's it's fair to talk about at this point right and and I'm excited too because I don't I think we always try and shoot away from that in the regular season because it's like it's two up and down, but yeah. now we have a another Super Bowl winning year, a back to back. Last guy to do it was Brady. We all know that, but here's here's what I look at. What Brady had early, right? That defensive stout team is just different than what Mahomes had. Mahomes came in and instantly th- it was on him. Yeah, that's the difference. That first era of Brady was great, and don't get me wrong, it was on. Like the, he had to go in and, and the Rams Super Bowl, right? The drive yeah. at the end of the Rams Super down Bowl at the was end. all time. Like he yeah. had great moments. I'm not saying that. But go look at the early careers of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, and you can easily see who has more on their shoulders. That yeah. is just a fact. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about these two guys, like, like literally in the Super Bowl, Purdy and, and Mahomes, in some ways, are a reflection kind of of the difference what like those two guys dealt with early. It was always mm-hmm. all on Peyton. And, and guess what? On the flip side, Brady, it was on him, but it was Belichick's defense. They were a top-five defense, I'm pretty sure, that year. Like – they were incredible and they had that that leadership throughout so they he was able to to grow and and a little slower right yeah Mahomes it was dude you have Andy you have Andy Reid you have Travis Kelsey go out there and and to his credit he's been able to do it like since since you know college I saw that interview with Baker during Super Bowl week and he's just like yeah dude when we played him and in- Texas tech Oklahoma. He's like, yeah, the legendary we had to score every possession of second because we just knew he would literally, he was going to do the same. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and like, right. So he's had these moments since college, but the fact that like most players do and then it curves off and Mahomes has kept that same trajectory, which is almost impossible to do in any sport to your point. We're talking about him now comparing him. In my opinion, his early career is the best early career of anybody in the NFL. Like I, I think for me, it's, that's what it is. But then, when you compare also to the other major sports and that stat you brought up, no one's doing what he's doing in any sport. It'd be no. like when Le- if LeBron when he won in won three out of five, like it doesn't happen. No, and and to not only does it
0: not does it not happen, but like he's doing it in the sport that is the most dependent on other people, right? Like. It is the ultimate team sport. That's why in hockey, I can understand how that happens. Basketball, Larry Bird was one of those guys who had the three championships and two MVPs, right? Like, I get that. I can see how that that can happen. But also when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson got into the NBA, the NBA was dog shit at the time. The NBA was dealing with all the, the Coke problems and the drug issues and the talent wasn't anywhere near it. When him and Magic came in, they were like already a couple of the best players because there wasn't that much talent in the NBA at that time, right? Mahomes is doing this in the most talented era of football, arguably of all time, right? I mean, like there are more, there's more information, there's smarter plays, there's this whole history and, and encyclopedia of worth of information about everything that's happened and no discredit to, again, what Brady did in the beginning of his career was great. But if we're just going to say, Hey, first six years as a starter for Tom Brady versus the first six yards or first six years of a starter of Patrick Mahomes the one thing that Brady always had over him going into, if we talked about it last week, right? Brady had the three Super Bowls in the in his first six right. years. Now Mahomes does too, but he also has two MVPs, and he also has is is Just destroy, three. destroys destroys right. him. He's got two. <clears throat> oh, okay. he he destroys Brady in every single step, passing statistic, and part of that's all oh, well, with the games change and all that stuff. I get it, but even still, to to your point, like. He wasn't being carried and then had to come up big in a couple of big moments. Like that's what Brady did. But like the defense got them to those Super Bowls. The defense led the way. Brady had to come up clutch in big moments while he was still learning to become great. Mahomes yeah, no, walked-
1: no. real quick, he has three. He has three MVPs? So he has three. He's only trailing Tom Brady for the most Super Bowl MVPs in NFL history. Oh, not Super Bowl MVPs. I mean just regular MVPs. Oh, I meant Super Bowl MVPs. No, no, Star. MVPs of the league.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, very different. Yeah. My bad. I'm thinking uh, Super Bowl. No,
0: no, you're Sorry. good. Um, but again, like all the statistics heavily weigh for Mahomes, and, uh, and those defenses that like he played with when they played San Francisco the first time, they weren't bad, but they weren't great. You know, like the D, de- like they got lit up against Tampa Bay when they played them in the Super Bowl. You know, they lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. And like that's the one thing that t- New England and Brady fans will be like, oh, well, when they played the two AFC championship games or the AFC championship game in the Super Bowl, Brady beat him twice in the playoffs. Like, OK, yeah, I mean, he did. But Mahomes is also, what, 24, 25 years old, right? Like, I think if it's a version of this like Mahomes right now, it's probably totally different. And the other thing, too, is the head to head stuff in, with quarterbacks doesn't really matter as much because you're not. Doing anything out on the field to stop, right? You know, it's like not like Mahomes is out there playing slot corner. You know, it's it's like he's he, it's it's you can compare them individually for what they did, but you can't compare their head to head, right? You know, you, you can compare, but the head to head thing is always kind of weird to me. Um, it's like I don't take anything away from Josh Allen because like they have struggled to beat Kansas City in the postseason, right? Like I've seen Buffalo and Josh Allen beat. Kansas City, and I still think Josh Allen's fucking incredible, but he's not Mahomes because right now nobody is Mahomes. And frankly, like I, I said for a long time, like Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback that I ever watched. Like peak Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback at at the position that I've ever seen. And I said I need to see like a little bit each year. I was like I need to see a little bit more of Mahomes before I can fully top it. And now I'm like, no, I I fully believe Patrick Holmes is the best quarterback I've ever watched. Does that mean he'll finish his career with a better resume than Brady getting to seven Super Bowls? I don't know. You know, I mean, he's got to win four more, but at 28 years old, when most quarterbacks are hitting that sweet spot of understanding what they're seeing on the field and they're still athletically gifted and they can use their brain and their body. And then as they get older, transition to just his brain, it's like, Mahomes is in his was in his prime walking into the league, basically. And yet he is still just continued to get better. So if he's entering his prime now and he's already got three Super Bowls and two MVPs, and he also did it this year with the worst supporting cast he's ever had. That because that, that's the thing. It's like the there was a great, um, analogy that Kevin Clark used today. And I'm going to steal it for this, which is that like when planes are flying, the only, the only way that a plane can crash is that there are 500 things, give or take that need to go wrong in order for a plane to crash. Right. And if one of those 500 things goes correctly, then the plane won't crash. Right. All 500 of them have to go wrong in order for a plane to crash. And that's kind of what it's like going up against Mahomes. It's like, you need a situation where all 500 of those things or all however many things, you need the luck. You need it to be the bad year, like the off year, which we all thought that this was the off year where the Chiefs felt the most gettable. And yet they still managed to stay in the air because they still found a way to get through. And I just, I, I think, I, I'm not going to say he's, because to me, the GOAT has always been about like the resume thing. It's like, oh, you're the greatest of all time. The best of all time to me is always different than the greatest. The greatest is about your legacy. It's about your resume. It's about what you accomplished. The best of all time is like, are you a dude who just made like throw after throw, even if you came up on the wrong side of plays? You know, you came up on the wrong side of certain games, even though you might have gone out and played your ass off or whatever. But right, like, right, you just make like Aaron Rodgers to me was the best quarterback
1: I've ever seen. Even though Rodgers, especially uh, in that era, like yeah, in, in that late two thousands, we knew Peyton and Tom were going back and forth and winning a lot. But yeah, it was Drew like, dude, Brees Aaron was great. Like yeah, yeah, he was the best. If he was like any of them. Like his his hail marys, all that just incredible. The he deep balls, the
0: throw. arm angles, all that stuff. And brought, yeah. and and Mahomes is like a souped up version of Rodgers. He's a better, I think he's, so. a, he's a better I athlete, the,
1: like the deep ball. I mean, Aaron had something special, but like yeah. Mahomes, to your point adds, he, he enhances so many little aspects of the game. Like his, his ability to throw off angle is way better than Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is the best we had ever seen. Like you're saying, doing like, that. Like, what? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, the deep ball stuff, a lot of that went away when Tyreek Hill did. I mean, we watched them with four years sure. for, for four years with Tyreek Hill, where it was like, Once a week, there's a crazy deep shot to Tyree kill that he would hit it. I'll agree with you that when Rodgers throws it, it just looks different. You know, it just like, it just comes off his hand differently. That was just like, wow, that's special. But I just, I, I think Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. I, I, I fully like believe that now. And I just, yeah, I, I think it's, I think he's incredible, man. I just, I can't say enough about the guy. And again, just as much as we're praising Mahomes. Equal, if not more praise, goes to Kansas City's defense for the way that they played in this game. And the the front office, the coaching staff, everybody, for the way that they the, – the operation that is the Kansas City Chiefs is, is special. It, it is. There's just – you don't see this a lot in sports. Um, and Jesus, man, three Super Bowls in six years as a starting quarterback. I mean – and he's been to four, and he's been to six AFC championship games. The only ones that he lost to one of them was an overtime against Tom Brady. And the other one was the game against uh, Cincinnati when uh, when the Bengals won. And I something funky about that game, too. That was like a nail biter game that went all the way down to the end. So that's crazy, man. That's crazy. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into some of the nitty gritty and uh, the details of the game itself. Some of the fun stuff, halftime show, all that good stuff that comes at the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll wrap up on the other side. Read Option Podcast, Super Bowl 58 recap. All right, we're going to go over some of the nitty gritty stuff from the game here. Um, now that we've kind of looked at the big picture. Um, you, you know, we as we're going through that, you know, like you made a good point and you just said it there in our break. You know, like, it's not like Brock Purdy lost this game, right? So when you say that, I don't think there's anything to to point to in this Super Bowl super specifically, right? Like, because on one hand, I felt like Mahomes was just going to find a way to get it done at some point, you know, like that, that part of it always kind of felt like it's like, he's going to find a way to go out and win the game. But there was a couple of things that happened that really swung this game. Right. Um, When you look at the turnover margin, San Francisco won the turnover margin, right? San Francisco had the, well, I guess technically it was a push. Um, It was a push,
1: but they also, that one on the goal line, like they had some more important ones. It felt
0: like, yeah, right. McCaffrey won early, you know, you, you fumble, but then your defense comes out and forces a three and out right away. Right. So, like, yes, you lost an opportunity for at least three points there because you were all you're all the way down, like the 20, 15 yard line, something like that. So you you miss an opportunity for at least three in that moment. But you also weren't going to get a, you know, like you could have got a touchdown. But the fact that you went you got the ball right back, it kind of felt like, okay, yes, we lost some points but we got the ball back. Everything's fine. We didn't, we didn't lose any more than we got. It was, it didn't go from like a potential 14 point swing or 10 point swing. If Kansas city went down the field and scored a touchdown. Um, But the other San Francisco turnover was probably the biggest individual moment of the game that really felt like it was also the thing that made it feel like the floodgates opened because I said this in my family group chat right before halftime. Uh, I was like, this game kind of (laughs) sucks. Like the first half, wasn't really a great football game, you know, like defense. It was, it was a good defensive showing, but there was also like little mistakes. Kansas city's offense looked clunky. Uh, You know, Kansas city's defense was balling their asses off. It took the trick play with Juwan Jennings, throwing the touchdown pass to McCaffrey uh, to, to really kind of crack the doors open a little bit on that. By the way, Juwan Jennings becoming only the second player in NFL history to both throw and catch a a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Do you know who the other one is?
1: Heinz Ward. No, uh, I Randall L. Too high. No, too high. come on. Oh, come How on. How am I missing this? Nick Foles. Oh, I was th- that's so funny. I was thinking of the tight end that threw him, and I'm like, there's no way he he was like a third string tight end, he didn't catch one. <laughs> Foles. That's so funny. Yeah. I was totally overthinking that one, Great. Right? No, that that's crazy. That yeah. Nick Foles is also just in this elite group in Super Bowl <laughs> statistics. I I love that. That's gonna live on forever. He has man. the highest yards per uh game average in Super Bowl history. Fun fact he sure does, he sure does. Yeah, he balled
0: out in that game. Um but yeah, so Juwan Jennings makes the big play, but like that's kind of what it felt. It was like, damn, for for us to get a touchdown in that first half, it was like, it has to be a brilliantly designed trick play because there was just nothing that was getting open. I mean, I one of my favorite and I'll well, we'll get into some of the betting stuff later, but I, I had a bet here that I told you beforehand I wanted to tell you about. There was a great bet on FanDuel where you could do um a comparison to players like of the same position on opposite teams. So it was like right. McCaffrey was minus 21 and a half more rushing yards than Pacheco. So if you thought hey Pacheco was going to be you know have a big game or something then you could bet him plus 21 and a half compared to Christian McCaffrey's you know over under on rushing yards um or or whatever they had him him set at. But they had the gap being 21 and a half and I, I, at the beginning to middle of the fourth quarter, I look at it, and Pacheco had more running yards than McCaffrey did. So I'm like, oh, man, that bet cashed. Like, I'm good. I'm good. No need to worry about it. This morning, I pull out my phone and, like, going through the box score, and I go, holy shit, when did McCaffrey get to 80 yards? I was like, last time I looked at the box mm-hmm. score, he was not that high. I was like, oh, fuck, overtime. He had, he broke off, like, a 10-yard run. He had a couple of big runs it's, in overtime.
1: Yeah, he had a couple really consistent and, ones. So. And
0: then I was like, wait, shit, now i got to go see what Pacheco was at. Pacheco was at 59. So literally it was 21 and I had Pacheco at 21 and a half. So I I barely got the cover. Oh, that's but a I, great one. But I went from feeling like I was like, oh, he's he's got more rushing yards than McCaffrey right now. And with the way that both run defenses were playing, I'm like, we're good. Like, no need to worry about it. And then of course, yeah, it comes down to the to the end there. But I say I, that story pops into my head because I really thought that like the entire first half, Kansas City did such an and really throughout the whole game did such an incredible job against uh uh against Christian McCaffrey. It was his lowest yards per attempt in the uh in the, the entire season this year. I think it, it finished out at like 3.2 yards per per rush. This uh in this game 22 carries for 80 yards was the worst that he had in the in, in the entire season. So it's like the defense that couldn't stop the run was stopping the run the entire game and they were generating pressure from the in, inside. And the cornerbacks were playing outrageously good defense, so it was fun to watch like the defensive battle come out. But the first half was from a from a viewing standpoint, especially coming off of last year's Super Bowl, left a little bit to be desired.
1: Yeah, I I just think I don't know when we're looking at that whole entire thing, and, and first of all, just the betting aspect of this whole game. I know we'll get into it in a second here, but that like to me is just so great that like, every single person, it felt like was talking about gambling. I love it because everyone talks about football. Super Bowl's great for that. Also great because everyone's just talking about gambling. So fun. The um, no, I won I, my I first we... square, by the way, too. Did you? Yeah, I won the
0: fourth quarter square. I'd never won one before.
1: There we go. Yeah, that was there fun. There go. I a whopping,
0: a, I think it was like $9, but hey. It's not nine bucks in the pocket that wasn't there
1: before. I go to Vegas and double that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, so I, I listen. I I think that when we talk about this Chiefs team and and the defense they did against McCaffrey, like like we said, I think the offensive line too for the Niners. I I thought there would be more there. Like I know it's a tough defense, but they uh, they weren't able to get that going really at all. And Kittle was in and out. Like I think he was out a little bit there in the second half. I know he ran in. He came back. Yeah. But um, you know the the tight ends are so big in their running game blocking. Um just on on like whams and different stuff and, and the trap coming inside um, like they'll use tight end sports like not everyone does but I love that about the Shanahan system but they weren't even doing that really it just seemed like they weren't doing things to like affect and go after you know Chris Jones as much as they probably should have uh, in the run game even I guess and and I thought that that was a mistake uh, but hey you know they might I trust the Shanahan's Uh, And I trust Kyle to obviously go and figure out what the hell he needs to do and scheme for it. He's been great at it all year. So like, who knows? It just seemed again, like they did that and then went away from it. And it it was just a bummer because McCaffrey was their best player. Um, Yeah. And he just, he had 160 yards and a touchdown. That's, that's a really good damn game like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I mean he's the first player in NFL history to have 75 receiving 75 rushing in the Super Bowl um which is uh, I mean that's that says it all right there um but what's interesting about the running game was it wasn't as uh, to me at least is it, it didn't seem like it was as much an unwillingness to run it was more of Kansas City was doing such a good job on the early downs against the run that we, we you weren't in third and two. You know, you weren't in, you know, second and five, those, those manageable disc down and distances where, okay, second and five, we're going to hand the ball off to McCaffrey. And then that's the, you know, the one out of every 15 that he breaks for a 25 yard run. Like those, those plays never ended up happening because Kansas city did such a good job on the early downs that the amount of third and eights and third and nines, third and tens, where they had to throw the football to try to pick up first downs Kansas city's defense was just, as much as like you can't stop McCaffrey, you can limit him in the running game, right? And that's sure. that's essentially what they did was they, they did, did such a I good guess... job of, of slowing him down and forcing San Francisco to throw the ball on third down and, and second down because they kept putting themselves in bad
1: positions. I agree with most of the game, but I, like that's when I go back to that third quarter. And like when you have three three-and-outs and you're running eight out of nine passes, Like I think to your point, yeah. in, in this game, I don't know how many possessions are each side. The NFL average is like eight to tw- 10, 11, whatever. But when you only have that much and you waste three drives when you don't need to be throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and you need to be running and taking the time, I think that was just a mistake by, by the Niners. And I don't know if that affected the game or anything, but I just think that, that was... If I were to point at anything during the game, and you're like, "What the hell are you doing?" like that was the moment I think they could have even made McCaffrey more important by giving him more touches there. I, I just, I also believe to your point, the Chiefs did a great. Their they're secondary tackled well, and I got to tell you, yeah. I see this team twice a year. This is the best Kansas City defense I have ever seen, probably in my entire life. It was like, yeah, like th- this ended the the playoff run right now. I love to get JT's take on that, our, our Kansas City listener. But you know, I I think it is at least from what I remember, and uh, and you know they had some great defenses way long ago, some great linebacker play, uh, Derek Thomas. But still, it's just different. And I think this team's gelling together so well. They tackled so well. It pissed me off, man. They were they <laughs> they, they right? They were just sound. Like yeah, game. I mean
0: they're so physical. McDuffie and Sneed are so physical. Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill, are such great tacklers out of the secondary. And then Nick Bolton and and uh, and Willie Gay, like just flying around making plays, gang tackling. Chris Jones, the defensive line, doing a really good job of if they got a hand on McCaffrey, they rode his ass to the ground, right, and just they make did. him make him carry the the three hundred pound defensive tackle with you, you know, um of the. 11 plays that were ran on the overtime drive for San Francisco. Yep. Uh, there were 13 total plays. One of them was a false start and one of them was the field goal. So if the 11 offensive plays there, seven of them were running plays.
1: It was a great drive, wasn't so it? They
0: did run the ball more consistent, like more in that half, but you're right. In the third quarter, they absolutely went away from it. But, and, and I will say this, it felt like they tried to do the thing where it's like, Hey, we're struggling to run the football. Let's convert our running game into short passes, right? Let's get the ball on a swing pass to McCaffrey. Let's run a screen here. Let's do things to get the ball to Debo and to get the ball to McCaffrey and get the ball in their hands because we can't just hand the ball off because Kansas City's defense was playing so well. Um, to my point at the beginning there about how how rough the start of this game felt. Um, yeah, <laughs> just running through like the 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 the, the all every play the play by play stuff going by drive by drive. You had the opening drive, which was a fumble after five plays, 48 yards. So you had the fumble in the opening drive, three and out by uh, Kansas City, Three and uh, then it was a first down and then three and out, so four-play drive for San Francisco, four-play drive for uh, Kansas City, 10-play drive for 46 yards for San Francisco that ended in a field goal. Then you had the deep ball throw to um, McCall Hardman that then turned in the fumble from Pacheco. That was, like, really the first, like, big excitement. But that whole drive really only came because they threw it deep to McCall Hardman. And what a great throw, too, And the way that he kind of split the defenders. Yeah. It was a great, great play. Um, Four-play drive by San Francisco and a punt, three and up by Kansas City. And then finally, at the end of the first half, uh, with, I think, it was it, three minutes and 26 seconds left uh, in the first half, San Francisco gets in, scores a touchdown, and then you had the field goal. So that first half, like, was – it was it was a slow game you know both teams kind of slowed out but i think a lot of it came to the way the defenses played like i thought san francisco's defensive line was incredible i thought javon hardgrave like for as quiet as he got throughout a bunch of times in the season, he was a total difference maker in this game in that first half, right? Mahomes felt like he was, and Bosa too was incredible in the first half of that game. But that Pacheco yeah. fumble was because Javon Hardgave punched it out from behind, right? You know, so like, good. Like big time plays like that. Like the, their guy showed up. Randy Gregory, Chase Young, I think, had a sack early in the he game. He did. He did. Um, like the, the, the defensive line in particular, which that was what I texted in, in the group chat, which I was like, Damn, it's almost like the defensive line fucking matters. That's what I was saying in the <laughs> pod. Like the defensive line was going to be the most important thing, and eventually, as the game went on, Kansas City did a really good job of adjusting and and taking away the defensive line from San Francisco, or at least making it less impactful. And those right. guys got more and more tired as the game went on. They became less impactful. Then Mahomes ends up getting a couple of big scrambles. You know, picks up those plays, getting those guys tired out, chasing them everywhere doing his Mahomes type shit and it, he just continually found a way to get it done. But the, the biggest play here and, and we, I mentioned it a little bit, but the punt that barely grazed off of the gunner's leg for San Francisco. Um, yeah, man, that, like, that is the thing that sparked the game, right? Cause that, that happens. And then all of a sudden Kansas city gets the ball on the 16 yard line. uh, Yeah. 16 yard line. And then one play, touchdown pass to mbs was that and that quickly all of a sudden kansas city's up 13 to 10
1: it was it was a really crazy moment obviously like the defense did what they needed to do was a punt right i think everyone had the reaction um i think tony called it pretty well actually right where he was like at first i was like what are you doing and then like obviously we saw it hit off the leg so the gunner had to do whatever he could Um, which was a good effort. It just it sucked. It's one of those things that, like, that is so unfortunate in football. That is so unfortunate because like it's not a great, it's not a play that happened because someone else made an amazing play. It's an okay punt that should have traveled further, and then like it hits off a guy trying to block and you get the ball. And those are those bounces that we talk about. And the fact that Mahomes had a bounce, right, his way again, like last week was off the face mask. no, yeah, right. Is that the right game I'm talking about. Off the bounce f- off? Uh, yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, that was the bounce. no, that was Detroit, but yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, it's a play like that. Right? Yeah, like Where, shit like that happens. gets gets one of those and gets one of those in a Super Bowl when he was struggling. Right, like that's the other thing we're gonna talk about here. Right, I bet at some point is we're gonna look back and I bet we'll go through these stats and look at the game and be like, someone's gonna dissect this in ten years and be like, did Mahomes really play that like, great of a game and all yeah. that stuff and. It's like dude, you had to be there. And he he did, but getting plays like a play like that obviously made the difference. And them just even getting it close. And like that, that was a whole field flip and seven. And like it, it just sucks to see when I guess I hate seeing plays like that happen in super bowl when it's like that's too much of a one that that teeters the seesaw, right? Yeah. And I wish I wish that you could. It's almost like you know, when you play Madden, we talk about turning off injuries, and I wish you could turn off like Glitch plays like like that, and just yeah. be like, "No, I, we he wanted a fair catch. It just dead. Just let it bounce, whatever, and don't let there, it." And
0: there is an around. element to it too that, like, look, when on on punt coverage, if if the punter has a bad punt, it is the responsibility of the punt returner and guys on San Francisco, the receiving team, to yell right. out "poison kill." Right? There's there's these calls that you make, which is everyone scatter, like get the fuck right. away. Don't let intentionally not to do that. So on one hand. Yes, you don't want the freak bounce thing to overall do it, but it's like, but that seems like it could have been a slight lack in execution of like, hey, we have a kill. Somebody didn't alert that guy, or that guy didn't hear it, you
1: know? Or absolutely, you're you're right. You're so caught up
0: in I'm going to go down and make a play.
1: Yeah, right. Like so, so no, no, no remorse. It's just I think from a fan standpoint, right? Yeah, it's it's the fact that it looks like it's a yeah, because it's like you want it to be.
0: On top of that, too, I mean, again, think about like we talked about, hey. You go in there and you you get the points before the half, the way Kansas City did. Then you come up, yeah. you get the ball, you get a chance to go down, score a touchdown, tie the game to open up the second half, and you have the fumble or the, the the botched pitch to Pacheco. And then two plays later, Mahomes throws the interception. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like boom, that's like that's a massive turnaround. And so their their drives went three, the interception. Three and out. Then they had a 47-yard drive after a really, really good punt by San Francisco that ended in a 57-yard field goal. They barely got to the like to to field goal range, and Buckard drilled a 57-yarder. And then the next possession after that, Kansas City goes three and out again, punts the ball right back to San Francisco. And then that happens, right? And then that turns into seven points for Kansas City. Now, the one thing I'll say is that the best drive that San Francisco had the entire game. Was the following drive where they went 12 plays, 75 yards in six minutes and scored a touchdown. And it was beautiful, right? Pretty throws an awesome touchdown pass to Juwan Jennings. And like that, that drive was spectacular. That was the best drive of the day, I thought, for San Francisco. So they responded in the way they needed to. And then the other one that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, that's going to be the thing that everyone talks about here, is the missed, the missed extra point, you know, which, yes. It's a lot harder to get a touchdown to take the lead then, other than like, hey, if we settle for a field goal here, we're we're tied and that's okay, we'll take that. I still think Mahomes would have found a way to go down and score a touchdown there, you know, like yeah, in, in like, need if I he agree. needed that. But at the same time, we don't know and we'll never know we because we had a blocked extra point, which how many times a year do we we get missed extra points? We don't get a lot of blocked extra points. You know, and the, that play again, the special teams unit for San Francisco for Kansas City had two big things that that were, bounced their way. Right, they get the block, they make the play on the blocked extra point, and then they get the turnover when uh, it it bounces off of the gunner's leg on on the punt play. And now all of a sudden, Kansas City, that's that's and that alone is an eight point swing. Right, you get the seven points from the touchdown, and then you take one point off the board. San Francisco and that ended up being a really really big difference because it's like all right now the field goal makes it a lot easier and that essentially guarantees them a shot at getting into overtime but when when San Francisco went down and similar to what you were saying there the second to last field goal whatever was and you said your dad was like oh it's going to go into overtime right when San Francisco kicked the uh, the field goal to go up three one of my buddies because we had our staff party for the bar that I worked at and we're sitting there and they all know me as like the sports guy. And they're like, Jeff, what do you think is going to happen? I said, how much time's on the clock? He's like, minute 58. And I said, they're going to get the ball. They're going to go down and they're going to score points here. And it's probably going to go into overtime. I was like, at minimum, it's going into overtime. But if you're giving me a minute 50 and Mahomes with two timeouts and an opportunity to go down the field and send this game to overtime or to go win it with a touchdown, it's happening. And then as soon as that final drive kicked off, it was like, yep. Within two plays, they were already at midfield. And then and then after that, it was like, oh, there was a pass play to Kelsey that got them into field goal range where he scampered up the sideline. And then credit to San Francisco's defense where they like bowed down and they did not let them get close to the end zone there. They settled for the chip shot, field goal goes into overtime. And then this has been the most controversial thing that everyone's talked about here, which is that this was the first time we've had a postseason game go to overtime with the new overtime rules which I will say, hand up for myself, I did not realize the clock situation with this because as the clock was ticking down at the end and Kansas City was like, I, they're like, you have two timeouts. Why, why are you letting the clock run down? Stop the clock. Andy Reid, stop the fucking clock. What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Just take the time out. I didn't realize that it was like, yeah, it's, just a, there's yeah, a, it's, it's a quarter. It's a game. So then yeah. it's just like, yep, the, if the
1: clock ran out, then you'd have a quarter after that they but, really shouldn't have a clock and the reason they do it is for stoppage and then eventually if you go to if you go to a third quarter you get three timeouts to get right it's just stuff like that that's why they do it but yeah. it's it's to your point definitely looked weird but this new overtime obviously i follow overtimes and ties hard that's yeah, this that's is your this is your specialty i wanted so, the first double overtime game in super bowl history though that would have been amazing i wanted it so bad i also just wanted someone to kick a field and we'll keep going but um Uh No, I I really think that this... Well, because at that point, it would have been sudden death, right? Yeah, yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is I like this new format and I think it's on the way, but I I personally still think, and I'll just take my time to just throw it out there for 10 seconds here, is that what they need to do is college overtime rules, but you start from your own 40. So you have to earn a field goal. You have to get 20 yards to get in field goal range. It's not automatically colleges, right? Mm -hmm. um And then that way each side does get the ball because it just doesn't feel like we're we're going to settle the whole NFL season, right? Every other major sport settles it in a series. It's the only one that comes down to one game already. Yeah. And the fact that it's one game is, is tough enough. And then we're going to just say, it's going to go down into this overtime rule where, Hey, if you just get it for right. Or you score the touchdown, I, I get a touchdown versus a field goal. I get that. But again, if it was just field goals, and then it goes to sudden death, then it's just like, all right, well, who has the ball first again? And we're back in the same scenario yeah. that we wanted to avoid. And I get what they're saying. Like, you can't go on forever. This is the Super Bowl. Yes, we can. We can go on until the teams feel like there's a deserved winner. I feel like no one's going to argue about that, right? Like, I think as long as it's like, if it's one extra quarter,
0: instead of doing it like the like prolonged quarters, where it's like, if the clock runs out then just it, it resets for the next one, if they were able to extend it or have it be like, it's a, it's like the fifth quarter becomes like, once the fifth quarter ends, that's it. You know, like that's the end of the game. Right. Like if that, that to me is the only way you can do it. And then if you're still tied after the fifth quarter, then you go to double overtime. Well, that's right? still
1: playing by the old rules. What I'm saying is that each team gets one possession and you go back and forth. That's what we should do. In my opinion, that's that's Until somebody a makes a stop. To... You mean? Well, because you're on your own 40. So let's say you get 10 yards, you get to the 50. You're like, dude, I, I guess we'll try the field goal. And then the other team, no matter what starts on their own 40 is what I'm saying. Yeah. So no matter what gotcha. then they would get the t- possession, and it would go back and forth, I think, because you're going to end up with a lot of field goal games, but it would still be different because you're de- – see, you have an elite defense, right, mm-hmm. and you get the stop, and all of a sudden they have no shot, and they just have to go for it on fourth because they have no other option. And yeah. then it just changes how you would – right? You'd have to go for more on fourth down. It would just be a more interesting way, I think, to settle and be more based on the gameplay rather than who gets the ball first, given that didn't happen here. So I, I, I'm just – the I'm thing is, though, is, is that – the the
0: analytics and everything tells you, you don't want the ball first. You want the ball second. You obviously this in, in, in this one. And, in this and to
1: your point, this controversy was big. Yeah, because San Francisco
0: won the toss and elected to receive first. There's some rumblings, and there was an ESPN report about it that, I don't know if it was the coaching staff or some people on the coaching staff or the players, but people didn't fully understand the overtime
1: rules. check came out and admitted it. you yeah. said, I didn't know. Um, we both got the ball, whatever. And wow. he was like a hand up. I didn't know that. That's a that, Harvard that, that, guy, too. Yeah. And I think to your point, like this came up, but not a lot of people knew what to do. And and to your like, this is something that teams go over. So um, It's just a little different because it is it's a super bowl. You have so much stuff to focus on. There's two weeks, there's all the media, there's travel, there's family, but the fact that that happened in that moment, like you, you just got to talk real quick. Hey, we're think college, we're taking a second, you know, just cause yeah, we're going to get a chance, no matter what. But then again, so, if, if, cause this is the thing though, I think the, if, and this is why I kind of
0: like this setup the way that it is, if you want it first and, and Shanahan said that they wanted to get the ball first cause they thought the defense was gassed and that he wanted that's to a get really he, good reason that he wanted right, to get so them. And also yeah. if you go out there and you score a touchdown or you score a field goal your defense comes out there and makes the stop then like, Hey, that's, that's game. Right. Boom. Over. If they come down and they, they match what you did, like you hold them to a field goal after you scored, you had a field goal. Then, all right, now we get the ball to go down. There is, there's an, there's an advantage to getting the ball first and there's an advantage to getting the ball second. However, I think the advantage for going second is stronger, particularly, particularly with the way that what we know about analytics and going for it for two, and like Kansas City is like if they scored a touchdown, it, Mahomes and Andy Reid said like we would have gone for two, yeah. Because you're you're in that like freedom I don't care mode, like we're gonna go for it on fourth down no matter what, right? Exactly. The team that goes first doesn't necessarily have to play that way, right? And there is a freedom I believe psychologically, which is like hey fuck it, or especially when you have Patrick Mahomes of being like hey. Fuck it, we're going to go make plays on fourth down, you know, we're going to go for it on fourth down because we're going to go try to win the football game and win the goddamn Super Bowl. So it's like, I, I think from, I think it is a bigger advantage to go second, but if you are say the 2000 Ravens with Trent Dilfer as your quarterback, but arguably one of the best defenses of all time, you might say, Hey, we'll go down first and see if we can score some points. Cause we
1: trust our defense to go out on the field and protect us, you know? Well, even that, I think to your point, you're just better off knowing and then you always have the opportunity if it is a touchdown to go for two or if it's yeah. a field goal, like how hard you have to push. And and knowing you need to go for it on fourth like that, yeah. you, just knowing that is huge. So game theory comes into your point analytics and it just says you'd rather know. So you I think taking seconds the right call. I don't think that's why this game like, listen, at the end of the day, it's different. But to your point, here's the difference, right? Let's flip these possessions. That third and four had the blitz and then it was knocked down as fourth and four. They go for that and san francisco like that's the difference right they go for that and they have a chance on a fourth and four to get further and continue and maybe if they score they go for two right which they
0: converted a fourth and four earlier
1: in the in the game too yeah so it's right it did matter like people said it didn't it it did it just i don't think to your point at the end of the whole game with everything that happened from start to finish like that's something you can point at but i don't know if that necessarily lost them the game it did affect it. it but but right it's different and and it's hard oh, it's, to, and that's hard what's to always back.
0: fun about football is like we're always looking for one <clears throat> oh excuse me you. um you're always looking for one thing to blame right and and the Got reality it. is like the eagles didn't lose the super bowl last year because james bradbury and the holding call right <clears throat> jesus christ um they lost that game because of a bunch of things. Even the Jalen Hurts fumble, right? Like that went back for the touchdown. That's not the only reason. We and I said that last year. As much as I think about it, and in that moment watching that game and the way I felt I when I at one point when too, I said I was like
1: that was the reason. Yeah, like, like I was like nah, Jalen fumbled.
0: Like, 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 like yes, you gave Mahomes seven free points. Right? You can't do that. You cannot do that when you play against Mahomes. So that could have been the biggest reason. That could have been a piece of the of, of the blame pie you know that you slice up and that could have been part of it but it wasn't the whole reason. I think what's interesting about this is understanding the the psychological component to it and the fact that we we had not had any experience with this format yet that they were kind of the guinea pigs for it and it also kind of played out in the biggest moment. It's the same thing with like the analytic stuff with with you know Dan Campbell, right? It's like if it works, he's a genius if it doesn't work, Oh, what a fucking idiot. Can't believe you did that. It cost us the game. It's like, come on, we're all smarter than that. You don't have to boil it down to just one or two things like that. And I'm, I'm very curious to get Scott's opinion on this. When we talk to him later on the week about like how he felt in that moment, or did he understand the new overtime rules, right? All that stuff being completely different. It was, it was a really, really interesting way to see something like this happen for the first time. That was the first time we saw the, the, the new rule being implemented. Um, and unfortunately it did not work out well. But now you know, they were they were the guinea pigs, right? They were the ones that like for now if we ever have another Super Bowl or a playoff game the next time it goes into overtime, everyone's gonna think back to this game and that decision yep. and be like, oh nope, you have to do it here. You have, to, you know, it's That's it's like the saying. uh what's it like when you're down eight or whatever or you're down not, 14 was, you're and you down
1: the saying go for two or Yeah, or so like you're you know.
0: down nine or or you're down ten or whatever, but like kicking a field goal, or you're down two possessions. But kicking a field goal like you still need a touchdown anyway I don't know I was sure it was but it's a thing that the Packers did a few years ago against I think it was in 2019 against the Niners when Matt LaFleur kicked a field goal when they were down like 11 or down 12 or something it's like well you still need the touchdown like no matter what like you still needed the touchdown um but now it's like anytime that situation happens we all jump back to that one moment we all jump back to the you know the time that it didn't work but Yeah, I don't I don't know. I uh, it's just it's interesting that that became that kind of felt like the main thing that people talked about. The one thing I will say about this game that I'm really appreciative of no real officiating issues. You know, it was so annoying last year to deal with all this issues with, you know, there's there was a hold on Fred Warner that didn't get called.
1: Some Niners fans were upset about. Um, there was a couple holding things, but I'm glad they they stayed off of them as much as they could. Yeah, like they, it, it. Right, the, the biggest one I think was that hold, the defensive hold uh, they called when the Chiefs. It would have been yes. like in overtime. It would have been out of right. Was it overtime? Or yeah, it, it
0: was. It was the opening drive of the overtime for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that actually that's a great point because not only that there was the holding call, but then Nick Bolton dropped an interception. If yeah. Nick Bolden held on to that interception, then Kansas City has the ball in field goal range. That was like the second play, I think it's first or second play of the drive. But yes, there was the defensive holding call. Um, yeah, on uh, on on McDuffie. Yeah. yeah, it was third and thirteen, and they got to they got to Purdy, and they hit him, and he had no shot to get the ball out. And then there was a late flag that came in, but I thought it was the right call. Like I, after seeing it play, I, did I was too like,
1: yeah, it, he totally affected the force at which he was running. Yeah. Like that's the way you got to look at is your vector. So yeah, exactly. The one call I didn't like
0: was the horse collar call early in the game on Purdy that, well, I, I think it might've been Nick Bolton, but somebody was tackling Purdy as he was going yeah. out of bounds and the guy, now. The, the guy never got into the shoulder pad, which that's what it, my understanding of the rule is that you have to be inside and use the shoulder pads to pull it back. He grabbed them by the Jersey. So I don't know if the Jersey's part is considered part of it. My understanding was always that you had to be like within just like how a face mask is any entry point into the head, into the helmet. Like if you get your fingers on the inside of the helmet, but it's not touched like by, by the ear hole. that's considered a face mask still right um my understanding with with the horse collar was that you had to be inside the pad but maybe the jersey also
1: counts but I, it's where you grab because technically if it's around the top of the pad they to your point it this was one where i i agree with you like this isn't necessarily it looked worse than it did when you watch it slow-mo replay because you see the jersey
0: stretch and you see
1: already kind of slow up backwards and yeah, yeah, it's a little different, but I, I'm okay. It that's the type of tackle they're trying to avoid. He didn't grab him exactly where he did, but the force of like you're yanking him backwards as he's running, and like that's dangerous. He, given he did it legally, you got to kind of let that go. But I I understand that from like you could see how it was looked like that from a rest yeah. perspective in the game, which I yeah. think is like we got to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But to your point, the biggest thing was the end, but. Really, it, to your point, it felt fair. Like this wasn't. Yeah. Th- this was more of a. Sorry to say this, but like this was more of a defensive holding than last year. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like if we put them side by side, that's definitely the truth.
0: Yeah. No, it was. You know. And it, hey, but you know what? They both got called. You know. The it wasn't like called. the the one. It was at the was it this game or was it the AFC Championship game? But there was a. A no call on a defensive holding for Kansas City that Eagles fans were getting upset about. I was like, come on, guys, please, please, let's move on. We don't need to keep living in this. That's not what lost them the game. There There was a bunch of stuff. Just like in this game, there was a bunch of things. And look, the Niners, like, I thought the Niners played a good football game. I thought they had a good game plan for Mahomes. The defensive line balled out. I thought the secondary held up pretty well, particularly in the first half. There was just a couple of small things that gave enough daylight for Mahomes, and that's the thing: is if you give him enough of a window for him to be like, "Hey, I'm going to be able to come out and make something happen." For as and Kansas City's defense played great, and the Niners' offense, I thought as a whole, was like, played pretty good football. You know, I, I give a ton of credit to Kansas City's defense for keeping that game as tight as it was, because there was always going to be that moment where the window opened and Mahomes was going to take it, and he is at that point. He is. He is what Brady was, you know, for 15 years, you know, prime, prime Brady, where every time he touched the ball, you were just you were just terrified. Mahomes is fully that guy. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, we talked about it before. how many great quarterbacks are not going to get opportunities to play in Super Bowls or to win Super Bowls because of this guy. You know, there might even be years where it's like, hey, he beats Lamar Jackson in the divisional round and then loses to Josh Allen in the conference championship and that's like the one, but it's going to be one year that he's going to every single year he's going to prevent some great quarterback in the AFC from getting to the to the Super Bowl, right? It's just it's going to happen every year for the next decade plus. And I don't know, like I it was interesting being in a setting like a, at a big Super Bowl party and the amount of hate that is out there you know like people really hate mahomes now and i i don't like i i don't hate him at all i i like him a lot i think he's i think he's obviously he's fucking incredible but he's a nice guy you know like everything about mahomes everything you've ever heard about him says like everything is that he's a totally genuine awesome great guy you know and people are just sick of winning that's that's what it is people just that's it they want something different you know they yeah, don't want to man, go watch the fair. same movie every single every year, right? If you went to go see one Broadway show every year and you went to go see the same Broadway show, after a while you'd think it would get boring, right? And it's like the one right. time a year where casual fans are super locked into football because they want to watch the Super Bowl. When it's the same guy, it's boring. And then they're like, oh, I hate this guy. And then with all the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff getting like shoved down everyone's throat on social media, that's like adding to the whole narrative. And I, I just, yeah, the whole thing is just so... Like I, I just, I love greatness. I love, I say this all the time. I'll watch anybody who's the best in the world at something. I'll watch somebody do that. You can be the best, you know, the best at knitting and like I'll I'll sit there and watch you knit for hours. If you're the best person in the world at doing that, you know, I feel the same way about like football and sports. It's like, if you are the, the fucking best, I will appreciate what you do, you know,
1: and unless you're playing my team, in which case then I had torture right, myself but- for three hours. But still, to your point, I think I think a lot of fans, a lot of real football fans are like that. The Super Bowl draws in so many people. And, and I think this is probably a good transition into like to some of the outside stuff, the betting. Yeah. But, like, obviously, you know, I think the way that. This is the Super Bowl. And I think the whole like everything with Taylor and Travis, I think, was handled probably appropriately for what this event was. Right, like Mm -hmm. you know, there's gonna be cameras on them. That's why a lot of eyeballs are on this. Yeah, I think I I said 57,
0: 57 seconds of the Super Bowl broadcast was Taylor of Taylor Swift. That's pretty good. That's
1: That's probably three and a half hours uh, total. I mean, Um, yeah, out of one, that's little less than one minute of the whole broadcast. Like, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. I I don't think it was that bad. I think they handled it right. I think like the betting was kind of wild i didn't know post malone was going to come out and sing can i say that that was yeah. a surprising and i like america it, the beautiful but, uh, um oh do we a get a ruling
0: on the on the national anthem Rebo? Okay,
1: so so this is this is a little wild my my buddy luke had the bet and he got he the over hit for him he was at i want to say like uh 89 and a half seconds so it was close but um I don't know I might have started I don't know exactly I thought it started when she like the first word she sang but I think it starts when they start playing music oh or something so I think I messed up the beginning but definitely ends when the first brave finishes I remember that from a couple years ago that's that That's like a determinate thing and uh, she like said it and then she kept singing and I was like oh my god is that going to be what does it and and it seems like depending on where the line was but it seemed like most overs hit um (laughs) tails Dude, tails failed, and you hate to. No, see it. didn't tails never failed. So what I'm pissed half, about half is the, the overtime. overtime. I was gonna say overtime. So tails, it should be a push. I I think it should be a push. I think if you now because it's the opening overtime, coin toss.
0: Coin toss.
1: Yeah, but then at least open. Give us give us a moment. You know what? We're in Vegas. Why doesn't yeah. the official say, pause, everybody, get your new bets in. Will And then they have the lady come up on the roulette tape, wave your hand over the table, say all bets are in, and then <laughs> we're going to go ahead and flip the coin. That would have been an electric moment in Vegas because you no. know thousands of dollars would have been exchanged in those stands as it was happening. Inter- so interestingly enough, Vegas got killed by this year's Super Bowl
0: Good. because the the public was heavy on Kansas City. Heavy, yeah. so much so that by the by the time we reached the actual game, like Sunday, the line for the majority of the weekend moved back to two and a half. So it it opened at San Francisco minus two and a half. Yeah, right. And then everyone bet it down in Kansas City, bet it down. But then so many people were still betting Kansas City at plus one and a half that they were like, all right, well, we need to get more people on, uh, you know, more people on San Francisco. And they adjusted the line back and it finished at uh, Kansas city plus two and a half Vegas got absolutely slaughtered. Um, now granted they they killed the entire season. So this is probably like a drop in the bucket compared to what they made over the course of the entire NFL season. Um, but everybody, I mean the, the public money was heavy on Kansas city, heavy on Kansas city and, uh, Kansas city covers, you know, good for us. Yeah. I'm really mad at myself. I, um, I, for the almost the full two weeks until literally the night we recorded the preview pod, I was all in on Kansas city. I, I dabbled in San Francisco a little bit. And then I don't know, Scotty gave me the puppy dog eyes. And I just kind of felt like, you know what? I believe in college, Shanahan. I just, something's going to happen. There's no way that's just going to keep happening. And I was wrong and stupid. And I did the thing that you never do, which is you, you make the decision. It's like, if there's people out there who play the lottery, like the ones you pick the numbers, right? Like the Powerball yeah. and stuff. And they pick the same numbers because they, they're they terrified of the one time that they don't pick the numbers. Those numbers are going to hit. And like, that's how I'm going to be with Mahomes now. I'm like, I'm just going to pick Mahomes every single time. And if I'm wrong picking Mahomes then I'm okay because the one time I pick and then, but now it's going to be the reverse of it, which is like, I'm going to keep picking my homes. And then next year they're going to be back in the super be Like I'm not doing it. And then they're going to fucking lose. So I just, yeah, I don't know. Gambling fallacies, all that stuff. But um, I didn't I actually didn't put a ton of action on. I said, I I'd want to square this year. Um, we, we did. A, we, so we kind of fucked up a little bit here. We did our prop bet pod last week and Scotty and I hit a bunch. We went over, uh, I think Scotty even put it into our, our spreadsheet here. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had a few of them down there. uh, But the one thing that we we don't have written down here is we went through the Gatorade and I was stuck between purple and clear and purple ended up being the color. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So purple won for that. Um, The halftime show, Usher was, uh, yeah, was like a minus 1,000 favorite to be the first song. And then it wasn't even close to the first song. It was like, it was like oh, I think first it was the song. last I know, song.
1: I didn't know it was the first one. Yeah, I didn't think it would be first because that's, uh, you bring your guests out later, right? Yeah. That's always the rule when we perform. You start by the off way, Alisha, you Alicia Keys, bro. Dude. Oh my God. Ooh. Was that so great? I love her. Whoop. We love her. There's I noticed. A very big Alicia pod, by the way, fans huge, out there. Huge. Huge oh Alicia Keys God. fan. I've always loved Alicia Keys.
0: Um, but dude, I didn't. Was, it was like that that meme, like I was unfamiliar with the the Shaq meme where he's like, I was unfamiliar with your game. I'm sorry. Like that's that's kind of how I was when she walked out with that with the bodysuit on. I was like, well, I was like, damn, I was I know she's gorgeous and unbelievably talented. And I love her music, but I was like, damn, I haven't seen I I actually had that thought. I was like, when's the last time I saw Alicia Keys in like a public setting? You know, it's like not like she goes to the Grammys a ton or any of that stuff. Not that I really even watch any of that. So it's like I don't couldn't tell you the last time. She looked incredible, sounded incredible. Um, and Usher, I mean, dude, when Usher popped his shirt off too, I was like, God, the whole bar. What year was it, dude? It could have been dude, 20 years ago. The whole bar, like the, the noise that all of the, the women collectively made at the same way when Usher took his shirt off was so fucking funny. The same kind of noise that all the guys made when Alicia Keys stood up. But I found a very funny, divi- like uh, there was a divide in generations at the bar. Because anyone who was like 25 and younger versus anyone who was like, well, now it's probably more like I was probably around the cutoff of like 28 and older to like 27 and younger. They all reacted to the guitar player. It's H-E-R or her, her name. That's yeah, yeah, her yeah. name. Um, yeah, yeah. Shredded. She sounded incredible. She's A great. really good guitar player. But they the younger people had the reaction that like I had in the other older oh well, not older guys, but the older generation had about Alicia Keys. They had about her. And I was like, Dad, I don't I don't I was like, I don't think I know who this is, but I, I fuck with her. She seems fucking awesome. Yeah. Um But yeah, Alicia Keys. Unbelievable. I, I liked it. The roller skating thing was a little weird. Impressive. But like.
1: Just cracking thought, up the yeah, roller skating sick. thing was a little It was like- very Atlanta. I thought of the movie ATL and I was like, this mm. is sick. Cause like, they're all from, that's like the whole thing. Like, I don't know. It, it was just really cool to see all that stuff. And that was like that style of rap. I thought that was kind like, of an ode to, to yeah. Atlanta. It felt like a lot of the halftime shows in like the early 2000s. Like, and not
0: just because of the music, like because of the choreography and the setup and everything. It felt kind of like a throwback one where it's like, we've had really big ones like. The L.A. one with the different moving rooms with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and like that one. And then last year with Rihanna was a huge deal. And we had the Lady Gaga one. I'm trying to map Justin Timberlake, I think, did a, a really big one. Uh, I think that was the Eagles Super Bowl one, actually. Um, the Bruno Mars, Beyonce one. Like, they were all like massive productions. And I felt like this one is like, obviously, the whole thing is a massive production. But it was pretty like condensed to just the stage. And it kind of reminded me of some of the ones we used to see, you know, back in like, Two thousand nine, you know, two
1: thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, um, I see what you're saying because yeah, like last year, I'll never forget all those platforms moving and all these mm-hmm. like it was way more involved. Um, yeah, that was insane. Yeah, and she was pregnant at the time too, right? Wasn't Rihanna pregnant during her yeah. show
0: last year? Legend, yeah. fucking love riri Um, uh, But yeah, usher was great. uh Super Bowl commercials. That's where we fucked up the most. We didn't do our super com- Super Bowl commercial bets like how my dad used to do when I was a kid, where we used to. I was so disappointed I, in myself, dude.
1: I had a great moment. Um, So at one point I'm sitting there just being like, dude, there's like not been a single car commercial in the Super Bowl. And my buddy Garrett, who I was watching with, he just points to the TV and it's a Toyota truck just like driving on dirt road. And I was like, I swear to God, before this, there hasn't been. But there weren't that many car ones. Yeah, no, not a lot of cars. We had some weird ones. Um, The Kanye Jesus, thing. The Jesus one was a little the those jesus the commercials i'm not a dude. feet guy yeah. so so just in general like i'm out like i, I, I and there's a whole right like away.
0: political thing we can go down with that and the groups that that make those jesus commercials and what they actually do but then they buy it's it's a whole thing but yeah i hate those commercials they drive me fucking nuts the feet thing was super weird yeah didn't didn't fuck with any of that kanye had the did you see that one
1: uh, i'm trying to remember kanye did, bought a
0: commercial what? airspace and then just did like yes. a, a selfie iphone video yeah, that was
1: weird that's kanye
0: yeah kanye's a weird guy we know that about him um uh what we're I'm trying to think there was a couple of them oh a ted kennedy ad yeah <laughs> that that one was like oh okay thanks ted have... kennedy
1: it was a so. It was so on point of like, do you want to bring back the like? This is you know what I mean. It hit the the vibe. Probably hit what he was going for. I'll yeah, give him that right. Like, yeah, that red. The vibe, only that thing that would have
0: made it funnier would have been if this game was being played in Dallas, and then it would have yeah. been Kennedy right. commercial. You know, yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, that one that would
1: have been good. That would be good. Good. Good something. memories.
0: Good memories for the Kennedy yeah, family. Right. In, That's in, not uh,
1: good. In Dallas. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see some of the other favorite ones here So um, The
0: Duncan uh, The Duncan rap one That uh, was Ben Affleck And Matt Damon and Tom yeah. Brady That one that was, was really funny
1: The Duncan boys think, or whatever The Little Wayne for Homes.com coming out like never seen any commercials and I was like, that's apartments.com, right? Same logo, different yeah. thing. And they really went hard on those commercials. I thought that was a good spot to debut something like that, that a lot of people would probably use to sell yeah. and all that. Yeah. But hilarious that little Wayne was in that one. I thought that was a good one. And then I thought maybe the best, I know a lot of said it. Yeah. The, do you want to go for it? The, um, I'm curious the Arnold one. No, a lot of people said the, the, uh, Michael Sarah one for Sarah. Oh, v. the Sarah V. That, that was one a was good really one. Funny. Dude. That, was that one was really one. funny.
0: Yeah. Yes, that one was really good. The The Arnold Schwarzenegger one was good. And then ending with Danny DeVito sitting next to him and like bringing back him and Danny DeVito. That was him. great. It was a movie yeah. Twins. Is that what it was? Something like that. Where yeah, where they were like, they were, yeah, like, they were separated. twins. Yeah. But yeah, Um. that one. Yeah, that one was really funny. Uh, what was the other? There was another one that I had that I just, just blanked on. But yeah, pretty good crop. Oh, the E-Trade Baby. They brought back the E-Trade Baby good. playing pickleball that was good um the return of the uh the coors light silver bullet train remember the uh, make an appearance i don't know yeah i saw that one yeah i love that remember that they used to play love train by the ojs and that yep yeah they brought that back um that
1: was a good one they had one for verizon that was actually pretty pretty good yeah beyonce yeah
0: beyonce was there um Speaking, it just made me think of like that they showed Jay Z and Beyonce at some point. Have you seen the videos of Jason Kelsey last night after in the celebration stuff? I've seen some of them. Which one, Dude, I, Jason I Kelsey, was shit faced, like oh yeah, stumbling like full blown, like he was wearing like a uh luchador mask, like the the Mexican yeah, I saw... wrestler mask. that was yeah. The... <laughs> And there was some video that some Swifty posted that was Travis Kelsey putting his jacket on top of on top of Taylor Swift. And then it just pans over to Jason Kelsey, like stumbling drunk, wearing the (laughs) luchador mask. Like, hey, (laughs) it's like I love it. I dude, I can't get enough of the Jason Kelsey maybe retired. I don't know, man. He had a look in his eye last night, watching, watching the game stuff that I'm like, I don't think he's done, dude. I don't, I don't
1: no, what, know. Dude. I, I don't think he is either. I also loved one other thing. Just Philly you note. Know, Do you see that Kylie didn't even wear chief's gear? She wore yes. Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. She's, she's, she's great, dude. Is she not one of the most beloved? Like I know everyone loves her husband and he's great. He's the world's sexiest man, but she might be like, I don't even know what their award is for her, but she deserves something because she's just like no, she's the Philly, she's the Philly yeah. gal of the year. She's like the, she's
0: <laughs> the first lady of the city of
1: Philadelphia. Like yeah, I like that. I like yeah, that. Like she yeah. is. Like she can represent us. Yes.
0: Know? She. Yeah. I. I love that. She'll. She'll be so petty. Also, like I love that she just rolled up to the Super Bowl in like a long sleeve tee. Yeah. And like, I love it. He's like, he's wearing a T-shirt and she's wearing a long sleeve tee, and that's it. Like, this is what they're doing. I'm like, you guys fucking rock. There's so many like, you know, like, Hey, and I get it too. Like Kyle's, you uh, Kyle Uschek's wife. Have you seen like the jackets and stuff oh, that yeah, she makes? She's they're sick. Like, and so like, I've, go to the Super Bowl, get dressed up. Like T-Swift looks great. Like Lively looks great. Your point? But
1: yeah. Like, like, like- that is T Swift and that is Travis Kelsey. That is yeah. not Kylie
0: and no, Jay. Kylie's I'm like, totally bro, I'm I'm walking up with a T-shirt and I'm drinking a Bud Light and we're gonna have a good time, all right? Like, and we're gonna sit there and, dude, she is she's the fucking best. I love Kylie Kelsey. Um, she deserves every ounce of of praise and uh, ad- adoration. Which it's so funny to think too, because like I've I've made this point on the pod too in regards to the Kelsey's. I think I've made it on the pod, but like. Before the Mummers outfit and the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Kelsey was just like Creed Humphrey, you know? It was just like everyone knew he was a really good player, but he was an offensive lineman. Philly fans liked him, but we didn't really know anything about his personality. The Mummers parade speech, or the Mummers outfit speech after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, from that moment to now like, Kylie Kelsey is like a household name across America yeah. They're not every household, no, but I mean, there's she a was lot on, of people she was on the
1: today show last week. Yeah. Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, and now she's like sitting in a box with Taylor Swift and Blake lively and ice spice, right. you know, like, so and I, I just can't imagine. Like she's just like a girl from like South Jersey who just like met a guy who happened to be playing on the Eagles and their, their right. whole story about meeting on Tinder and like, her being it's like so he kind of looks familiar but like didn't know
1: um yeah that's it's just so good i love how they met i love that like he was he's like i was drunk first time at her it's part yeah, of the charm. Passed, like passed he was doing the that whole time. Time. yeah it was so funny like, that is yeah. him right and i love it because i'm in cleveland now right and like they're from cleveland heights they're out here that's their podcast and all that but it is funny to see like the personality differences other than you see it like I live in both places, and you see it in that couple. It's so apparent. It's great. Like just yeah, I I love it. It's the best. Um, any other Super Bowl thoughts? What was what was the spread? What did you eat? Anything good? Oh, uh, I made a uh, yeah. I made I I, uh, at halftime angled the TV over. Made a a nice. Some fillets with uh, some potato fingerling potatoes. I, I ended up not a bottle of red wine. I, it was you uh, went fancy. Yeah, I went fancy the Super Bowl. Um, Interesting. I, listen, it was it was nice. Uh, it just felt like that kind of moment where like we're gonna watch something great. But the Super Bowl has definitely become, and I think after last year too, um, it's just been a little like bittersweet. Football's ending, right? But great yeah. game. So just yeah. trying to enjoy it, and it's a very more like it's not like oh I'm gonna get hammers is so crazy. It's more of like. I'm going to enjoy this experience with a glass yeah. of red and take yeah. it in. Have some good nice food. What about you? What would you, what'd you so, go after? So everyone
0: brought like a different dish. Cause we had probably about 25 or the 30 people or so at, at the party. So, um, cause it was like all the bartenders could, would, could go. Um, and then everyone could bring like a plus one. And I like, I brought, you know, I brought my girlfriend. Then I also brought my roommate. Cause I was just like, yeah, he's coming too. like, sorry. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm getting both. And I like, oh, yeah. it's fine. It's just like we we say a plus one, so that way people aren't bringing like, hey, can my seven friends come and drink for right. free?
1: Can my family of eight? Because it's
0: a really nice thing the owner of the of the place does. He's like, hey, you know, go up, pour your beers, drink, and everyone goes and like, you know, my roommate gets to go behind the bar. He's like, yo, how I've never, you know, how do I pour this? He's like, I'm That's like, you got it, Like I'll okay, I'll show you the technique, dude. You know, um, but everyone brings a bunch of different food. So my buddy Gabe, uh, is unbelievable like grill master smoker Ooh, like nice. so so good and what's that like that mexican style of pulled of like smoked pork you can do that has like that like the lime not the mojo or like mojo but like it's something similar to that i'm blanking mojo on the name style. of it but yeah the but kind of it's a it's got like a little bit of citrus in it and but he braised it with like this porter and did, barbacoa yeah kind of something something along something those man, lines whatever um but dude, it was he did he did a full he did two pork shoulders. One he did that style, the other one he just did on the smoker. And dude. it's just oh, so fucking good, dude. That's I literally brought back great. like I brought back so much. It's just sitting in my fridge right now just to go <laughs> and like gnaw on during the day. Um but yeah, we did we so he did that. We did some uh some smoked chicken that got turned into buffalo chicken dip. So smoked buffalo chicken dip damn was bomb. Uh, my roommate, Andrew made these sausage biscuit cheese balls, um, that were, it's, it's a recipe where you, you mix sausage that you, you fry up, you cook the sausage in with red lobster, cheddar bay biscuits, oh, and then, and cheese. And you just roll the dough and the meat and everything together into a ball and cook it in the oven. And dude, they are so fucking good. Dude, what? Yeah. They are, can you? Can you? get that? that's a. It's that's so a... you can go and get like the boxes of the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay, yeah. yeah, right biscuits. Right. And you so just... you just you make you make the the batter the batter and the dough, and you mix it all together into this big congealed thing, right? Is and then yeah, you form the balls and put them on a baking sheet and throw them in the oven, and they come out like little meatballs. Um, and they are, they are stupidly good, dude. They are like. <laughs> And then he made like a homemade honey mustard dipping sauce that tasted like Chick-fil-A. I was like, I was like, dude, like my roommate does not cook, but when he does, he can actually like cook it, he can cook pretty well. That was really good. We got these uh garlic, Asian spicy wings that one of our guys, uh Kevin, made that were incredible. Um, so we had great, but I'm gonna say it right now because I consider the Super Bowl a holiday. The Super Bowl is the best food holiday better than Christmas, better than Thanksgiving because, and the reason is the reason, and this is my, well, there's a bunch of reasons is you can eat anything you want, right? Like when you have Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, if you don't have like Turkey or at least ham or something, like people shun you, you know, you, you get like a, Oh, what you don't eat Turkey
1: or Thanksgiving, right? You I'm know, like that's an immigrant for that reason. Because I yeah. don't think God. Like, <laughs> but it's your point. You like know? that's why I think higher of Thanksgiving than probably a lot of people. Like damn, I'd eat turkey again. That's like annoying. But, and but yeah, it's know.
0: like you guys do like a prime rib or something like nice, you know, or some like yeah. a big. Or I don't know what your traditions are, but like you know, I, I feel like there's a would... weird pressure for those things. But like, for example, I ate a bunch of like fried bar foods and smoked meats and that's wings great. and You're pigs right. in a blanket and all that stuff, and you can just pick and it's great. And then you can also do what you did, which is like, I'm going to cook up some nice fillets and get a nice bottle of red and let that shit right? breathe and get a nice sear going, finish some bad boys in the oven, get a little butter based on them. And like, oh, you dude, can enjoy it. This
1: like, is key. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's great. To thyme, your point, ever, rosemary. You can do whatever. You yeah. can do whatever um, you, can do whatever and, you and want. One, th- one good thing too, about the Super Bowl, and as it's day, first of all, I think I, I really believe this. I think in our lifetime, Monday is going to become a national holiday after the Super Bowl. I hope so. I really think we're like getting there. And I think what we'll call it is something like, like historic athletes day or something like, right. We have to, whatever, something, but it's going to be Mm. the day after the Super Bowl. But like be remember, you know the impact that like all these guys had. We can go through and talk about it and like whatever. But well, what we need to do Black is history just history month. Like add
0: it, add a yeah, that's a good point too. Call Jackie Robinson Day, right? But he already has a day. But you know yeah. Well, here's what you could do: add one more week to the regular season, or add more teams that could make the playoff, the playoffs, and then you have an extra round of the playoffs. So that way we can finish on the weekend of President's Week
1: Day. That
0: would be right great. because next Monday we get off for President's
1: Day, and just
0: have the Super Bowl the Sunday before President's Day.
1: We already because before it well, like, sometimes oh, it's later. But I will because my I'm a, I'm, my birthday is the twenty third, and sometimes it'll even end up on my birthday because it's the twenty second and moves. But to your point, what we really need to do is get this day off. Find out what it, I will celebrate. I'll I'll go as far as to say this: I will celebrate any great American figure in history, anything. I don't care what it is. I'll celebrate you. I will genuinely like do anything. If you could just make it the Monday after the Super Bowl every year, I will yeah. learn. I will educate myself. Whatever it is. Seconds away a day. I'm in just like, give me, just give me, give give me the day off. off. I, I like,
0: whatever I actually, off. I really like your idea about like national, like athletes day.
1: Cause I'm or, thinking like, for, like, Think about, think about like, yeah, I'm talking uh, that picture. I always think of is like when it's Muhammad Ali and yeah, the Muhammad um, Ali summit. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. All of those guys with with uh, like Jim Brown and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? All these guys like that, like just celebrate some of these guys in sports center run all day. And guess what? We're all going to sit down and watch Super Bowl stuff. Then we can talk about all these historic great guys Mm. and all they did for the game. and for And it's especially with the
0: modern guys, you know, like during 2020 with the bubble and the protests and stuff like, you know, social activism and sports has become a bigger deal. I love that idea. Because I a this, a I, a, I think it's course. I think it's something that actually does deserve. Because on one hand I'm like, are we just trying to come up with a holiday and like using
1: these things as a justification for it? Right, or which that would be that would be wrong. That I, would I, be wrong. To your point, but we're I'm not saying doing I think that. both are. I think both are real. I think we need a day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think this is a perfect example. Again, s- football's finishing up. We're all it's in our mind. We just watched the awards and the maybe we have something like the NFL Man of the Year gets to do something on ESPN, like some kind of thing to yeah. actually celebrate this kind of stuff. I think I think that's a great idea.
0: And not just because it would mean that we get the Monday after right. the Super Bowl, no, off, I, but because I, I, I actually think that is a day that like, that is something that I think deserves to be celebrated and having a day, whether or not it could be considered a national holiday, though, and like we all get a day off. Probably not. Probably that not. would be tough. That would be tough. I was so close to just burning a day of vacation day. Like, just just fuck it. Last year, it worked out well that like my host was off. And so I didn't have to go in and do the show. And in years past, it hasn't been a problem like as a grow as a, as an adult, like because I used to work like afternoon shows and stuff. So I didn't I could sleep in a little. Yeah. W- wake waking up at at 4 a.m., you know, 430 a.m. First alarm going off was was not fun, especially because and I told this story to you. I left my keys at the bar. Yeah. And so w- we took an Uber back because we obviously weren't driving or drinking a bunch, take an Uber back to my girlfriend's apartment get there i realized i don't have my keys but my car is at my girlfriend's apartment because i drove there earlier and i call i'm like oh shit! no one's at the pint that's all locked up my key to get inside the bar is gone because it's in there so i had to take an uber from my girlfriend's apartment 15 minutes to my house get my spare pair of car keys and then call another uber to take me back to her place and then i had to and then by the time i did that it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was like, this is awful. And now I have to yeah. wake up in like five hours. So <laughs> that wasn't as fun. But no. uh as a whole, Monday after the after the Super Bowl should be national holiday. And uh yeah, that's that's what I would do anyway. But that's just me. Alrighty. Uh anything else? Any other Super Bowl thoughts? I mean the Chiefs are just that's what they do, man. It's what they do. Another year um,
1: start yeah, the countdown think- clock. Yeah. Are, do you do you like I, I think this we're in a serious case where now we're at the point where it's like Mahomes is ruling the NFL. Can anyone defeat him in his conference? And then whoever comes out of the NFC. And I think
0: yeah. we're going to get
1: into so many storylines next year. But I bet you at the end of the day in January, that's all we're going to talk about. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I
0: it feels like that is going to be what the next like five to 10 years of football is going to be. Which is, which is going to be who, because at this point, the three Super Bowls, the way they've done it, going to six consecutive AFC Championship games. I mean, the craziest stat, I think, that I, I meant to mention earlier was according to DVOA, the Chiefs had the hardest run to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl in NFL history. Based
1: off the wow. teams they had to beat to get there. Hmm. Especially playing away in some of them, but yeah. And they didn't get the first round by either. No, they actually had to play that. They, I mean, right. They, they had to play been, two games on the yeah. road.
0: You had to go in, you had to, or three games. Well, I mean, I guess the Super Bowl is not technically on the road, but. Right. Yeah. Great, but great no, stat yeah. too, though. Though Raiders fans would hate this. Uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes has, have five wins in Allegiant Stadium now which as a coach and quarterback combination, which is more than any other coach or
1: quarterback combination, including the Raiders. That's so bad. That is so bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. new. We It's new. We get it. But no, it's that's that's bad. But
0: it's also the different coaches that they've had and the different exactly. quarterbacks. And
1: yeah, that's that's bad. It's inconsistent. But
0: thing. yeah, I mean, that run, I mean, four wins, the The Miami game and in, in negative degrees. Right. It felt like negative 20 into the Buffalo game, into Baltimore, winning those games on the road. And then Kansas city does it again in the super bowl and knocks off San Francisco. So be interesting. Uh, we'll be back later on the week. We'll get Scotty on, we'll do another kind of recap as the things, everything kind of dies down. Um, maybe take a, I don't know what we're going to do. We got to. We're going to dive into some NBA stuff. Uh, we're probably also going to take at least a week off after this week, um, give ourselves just a little little reset. You know, it's 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 a grind, dude. And and the one thing I always say as as we're wrapping up here for another football season is is how much I appreciate not just everyone who listens and, and follows along with us and the people that have come along who are new who listen, which is so cool and we love the support. Um but you and Scotty, like you guys sacrificed so much of your time. You you literally got off the plane, just went straight home and before unpacking or doing anything else hopped on the pod and spent, you know, an hour and a half, 2 hours with me, right? Like so so like for me that it, it's unbelievable and it means a lot to me that you guys do that and um it, it's really fun that we're able to do this. This was our fourth Super Bowl, our third full NFL season doing Crazy, this podcast. Man. But this is if you include the 2020 season, which is when we first did, this is our fourth season of of doing a podcast together. Four full NFL seasons of podcasting together is crazy is crazy um we're coming up on 250 episodes
1: we're at like 243 or something 244 um no it's 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 huge and and Rebecca, obviously like what we always like listen and the backbone of this whole pod is obviously jeff and it wouldn't happen without him it doesn't happen without him it never has happened without him probably will never happen without (laughs) him so like it it, you know what i mean it comes back all back to that and we appreciate the hell of what you do getting it out there to the fans making sure they get the content they need and also I think what everyone else needs to understand too. We're so just just some stats here. Four years, four NFL seasons. We have two Super Bowl appearances on the pod between you and Scotty. I we do. I don't have any. Uh, although I did have a Super Bowl appearance, actually, so maybe that gives me credit too. Yeah, you went to um, a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So so we all have a Super Bowl appearance. No wins. Um, we're still looking for one. So hopefully next year is the year for one of our teams. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think right now San Francisco is the betting favorite um their off season
0: is going to be really interesting yeah so we'll um yeah maybe we'll do a little bit of that too maybe we'll do a little bit of projecting for both of these two teams and um kind of looking at what the top teams are going to look like for right now but we have the combine coming up next week uh and then we got draft season coming along uh pitchers and catchers report in the next few and i think like a month and then march madness the masters we got plenty of fun stuff to talk about so uh we'll we'll get it in there but um I do as always I appreciate the guys you guys for hopping on doing all this for everyone who listens and sticks with us throughout the whole season it's a it's a grind but it's a grind that we love doing and, and we we wouldn't do it if we get joy out of it but it's so much fun to do it and to have people listen and follow along and enjoy it so the fact that you guys do that really does mean the world and I mean, Jesus we're coming up to 250 episodes of this thing I mean that's <laughs> That's an absurd number. Like every time, every time we hit one of those like number benchmarks, I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. How like I, I can't believe it just keeps getting higher and higher. But we do, man. And and as we always do with football season, you know, Vito will be in and out a little more and, and Scotty be in and out. And there'll be more solo pods and there'll be things that kind of pop around. But um, you know where you're going to where you're going to get your stuff here. And we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff coming up. See if I can wrangle up a few interviews along the way as well. But as always, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate y'all. There's uh, there's plenty of stuff. Sad that it's over. Happy that it happened. You know, the Dr. Seuss quote. And um, yeah, man, start the clock. Was it eight months, seven months, six months? How long do we got? Six months until uh, we get some preseason. But six months. Yeah. It's going to be a long six months. But then that it happens. won't be. It'll be long until all of a sudden we're on the pod again talking in August and being like, God, we're
1: so close. Yeah, college football So close is the hardest this actual next couple months isn't bad getting the break yeah. but then well, we
0: got so much fun sports to do we got oh so much God. to do it's gonna be great it's gonna be great yeah. all right that's all i got that's a wrap on the 2023 nfl season for the read option thank you guys as always for listening thank you to Vito thank you to scotty thank you to yourselves for clicking play on this episode and as always